Broadcasting live from Global Headquarters and RP Enterprises in Greenwood, Missouri. Stand by on this frequency. After 22 years of entertaining FM radio listeners across the U.S., across the U.S., this man is the owner and executive producer of the award-winning Heartland Waterfowl on Sportsman's Channel, CEO and founder of Dumar Chemical Solutions, and the man behind the mic of Papa Ron Radio Voiceovers and Production. He's the man, the myth. The legend, a global icon, future Nobel Prize winner, and of course he paid me to say all this. Really? Literally. Welcome to the Papa Ron Podcast. Here's your host, Ronnie Phillips. Ronnie Phillips. Wouldn't you know that after taking a couple weeks off, I was actually able to string together two episodes in a row of the Papa Ron Podcast. I wasn't sure I was going to be able to pull it off, but welcome to episode 18. I'm excited about this show because uh, the person who I'm going to have on the show today and this week is the person that has been on the show most recently, a couple episodes ago, uh, and uh, she's a really good friend for over many years. I'm trying to think how many years. We'll get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Papa Ron Podcast, my old friend, Jillian Gregg. Yes. Hiya. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm really excited to have you here. I'm excited to be here. I'm really excited to have you here. We'll get into some uh, things <laughs> that we're going to talk about and discuss and announce maybe a little bit later on, but um, I'm just going to, I'm going to start this off very raw okay. um, and, and, and just kind of explain maybe to um, those who are listening, why you're back so quickly. Okay. So, and it's been almost 20 years, by the way. Is it 20 years? Maybe, Maybe. longer because you would have started part-time at Q104. Oh my God. I forgot about the part-time yeah. years. So, I mean, if you count that, which. Yeah. We were just know. acquaintances then. Yeah. You know, but still, like, hey, how are you? 2003, right? Otherwise. 2003 when I, when I came back to the radio station. Yeah, so that's yeah. almost 20 years. Holy cow. <laughs> we are Jeez. so old. I know. <laughs> so uh, I asked Jill to come back. Let, let me I'll just back up with this. So Jill and I obviously worked closely together for yeah. many years, good friends. Yeah. And then I left the radio station. She leaves the radio station. I'm going down my journey in life. She's going through her journey in yep. life. And it's not that we're not close anymore. It's just, you know, life gets in the way and yeah. you don't communicate. You're not talking as much. As you used to. You basically hang out with your friends, family, your kids, friends, families, right? Yeah. Isn't that how it is? Yeah. I mean, or, are you there yet? Or is the that... next door neighbor. Yeah. People like, I, I don't go anywhere anymore. <laughs> I have a golf cart that I use for hunting I and for and for driving <laughs> up to the pool. Also, there's another sign of, <laughs> of age that you're right? driving a golf cart around the neighborhood. I'm telling you, it's that's fine. That is what I do it's on Friday fine. and Saturday nights. It's literally like, let me pack a little cooler mm -hmm. and let me get on my golf cart and roll up the neighbor through the neighborhood and see who's hanging out in their driveway <laughs> and hang out there for a couple hours. <laughs> That's what my life has come to. That's all right. It's fun okay. though. Yeah. It's fun. It's, good. it's much cheaper than going to a bar. True. Um, so anyway, look, there's no secret. If anybody's been listening to this podcast for 
its inception or since its inception um, and, and maybe picked up or on a few episodes along the way that I started this podcast because I was trying to challenge myself to get out of a struggle that I was having internally with dealing with depression and anxiety and suicidal ideation. Um, and during that kind of process, I was challenging myself to get more um, connected with people that I felt like were going to be good for me and be, you know, be good for my, my growth and my development. Right. Um, That's and important. Yes. You are a product of your environment. Yep. Uh, and the one thing that I've always appreciated about you, Jill, was your um, commitment to your faith in Jesus mm-hmm. and, and our Lord. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was just, I don't, I don't even know what the time, I guess we could go back to the text messages and look, but it was mm-hmm. maybe a month ago or so. Yeah. Or a little longer than that. <clears throat> and I just reached out and I was like, hey, you know, I've been thinking about you and here's what's going on in my life. Yep. You know? Yep. And so we kind of get reconnected, not that we were disconnected, you know, you, you keep in yeah. touch through social media and you like yeah. and comment on people's content and stuff like that. But sure. now we're more connected and we're talking more regularly and we're talking about our faith more regularly. Yep. And, and so, um, it was, uh, through all of that then that I said, you know what, I want to have Jill on the show and just be authentic, just be real about each other in our lives and our, in our, and our walk and maybe, um, the little stumbles that we've had along the way and talk yeah. about anyway. So, um, <laughs> that, it, and there's more, there's yep. more, but I don't yep. want to give it away right now. So you got to yep. listen. There's, there's <laughs> an announcement that is coming at the end or towards the end of this podcast. But I say all of that to say that I really do admire the hell out of you. Thank you. I respect you. I appreciate you not only for your walk, but also your friendship and your ability to be non-judgmental and um, open-minded and willingness to be compassionate and empathetic and, and be there for a friend at a time of need. So I'm glad to be here. I'm glad (laughs) to have been there. Like it takes it, you know, like I won't talk about any specifics. Um, and some of the stories I only heard, I actually didn't witness or anything, but (laughs) you know, when you work with somebody for so long and like Mm -hmm. you, you, you know, things, you know, you know, a few things, (laughs) you You know, know you know, a few things, (laughs) but I mean that, that, that then builds into all that built into where we are now. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, but but um, I wanted to bring you in because I know, obviously, from the time that we've worked together, that you, you know, gee almighty, you did a morning show on Q104 for... Ever. I mean, that had to have been Forever. at least 15, 20 years. Wasn't it 15 years, maybe? I mean, all together, yeah, probably. Yeah, that's yep, what I'm yep, saying. Yep. Because I was there for 10, yep. and you were doing it before I got there. Yeah, I started And on the doing it show. still after I left. Yeah, in 99. Okay. Technically, 98 was when I, like, filled in on the morning show for the first summer. Okay. It was, like, a like a maternity leave thing I was filling in for. Um, but then okay. I had, you know, I had, like, I left when my oldest was two, and I was gone for a couple years, and mm, then I came back. And that's then true. And then had another kid, and then, like, I, I always stayed on part-time and, like, filled in and did stuff, and I was always, you know, part mm-hmm. of the team. But, um, and then, yeah, I left 
for good like almost three years ago. Right. Yeah. Hard to believe that it was already Crazy. three years ago. So let's dive into the life and times of Jillian Gregg. Oh my gosh. Um, and if anybody's listened to the <laughs> show, I really try to challenge the guests to get below the surface, pull back the curtain and show us who you really are, Jill. So okay. um, this is biography time. Where is Jillian Gregg from? Holden, Missouri. That's what, Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. you're, you haven't left. I mean, I lived in Lee Summit for a few years. When I was a teenager and then the first few years that Matt and I were married, we lived in Lee Mm -hmm. Summit, but otherwise, yeah, I went back to, like I would have gone if I wasn't, hadn't been homeschooled, I would have gone to Holden schools. That was my next question. Mm -hmm. I know that you homeschooled your children um, and was curious if you were homeschooled. Yeah, I was homeschooled. I went to kindergarten, so I had one year of real school. That's what my kids call it. Did you were homeschooled all the way through 12th grade? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, what did, did you, and so that was the inspiration behind homeschooling your kids or what? Yeah, what, I just, what, I, so what's your opinion of that? Like, why, why do you choose that over? Um, well, and, and to be just completely clear here, I started out homeschooling all my kids. Two of my kids are now in public school. Oh, so my okay. two older kids, one's a, Ed, oh, I just about said sophomore, junior. <laughs> oh, so you were old. And then mm-hmm. I have an eighth grader and they're both in public school full time. And then my youngest, Everly, is still home. Right. So So why did you choose not to homeschool them through 12th grade? Oh, I, I don't think I'm smart enough. (laughs) Like, like, I don't think I ever thought I would. Like, like if you had asked me five years ago, let's see, five years ago, junior. Yeah. Or maybe a little, maybe six years ago, if you'd have said, okay, look in the future, you're going to have two kids in public school full time. I'd be like, Mm -hmm. no, no, I'm not. And now I don't know what I thought I was going to do because I had already said I'm not learning algebra again. <laughs> I have zero desire. I will, I'll get a tutor. I don't know what I'll do. Right, I'm not right. doing algebra again. Um, so I kind of joke about not being smart enough, but it really was kind of like a, I'm, I'm not doing that. But mm-hmm. it was basically, I, I actually don't know why I, really why I um, let Charlie start going to public school part-time. For those who don't know, Charlie's her oldest. <laughs> yeah, Charlie's, it's, it's a girl, Charlie girl. Um, I don't know. She, like, had started playing softball, like, in summer rec leagues around, you know, so mm-hmm. she had friends that went to school, and mm-hmm. she was wrestling, and like, she's always been so social, and mm-hmm. she's always, want, my kids all wanted to go to public school, you know, from the time they could, because they've all had friends in public school. I just want to go to real school, Mom. I just want to go to real school. So she wanted to do that, and... A friend of mine who doesn't teach in Holden but teaches in Lee Summit, she's like, well, I think you can, like, send your kids to public school, like, for, like, elective-type classes, like art and choir. Like, if you still want to do the – because I just wanted to do, like, a faith-based curriculum. So I wanted them to be learning history and science and it all be centered around God, not, Mm. like, okay, we'll talk about creation, but then that's it and we're not going to, you know – She's like, I think you can send them to like take choir and art and the classes that are, you can do them at home and you can Mm -hmm. do them in groups with other homeschoolers, but it's just kind of hard to do. Yeah. And so I was like, I don't know. Anyway, checked into it. I was like, they're never going to want a homeschooler to come into the public schools. This is not going to work. You know, I'll, I'll ask. Anyway, it worked. It happened. Then she wanted to wrestle for the middle school. So. Okay. Back sorry. up. Sorry. Yeah. No, I just wanted clarity. When did Charlie start? Sixth grade. Sixth grade. Okay. Yeah, so, sixth wow. Grade. I thought she was yeah. even later. 
Yeah, sixth grade. So she was just going at the time I was still working on the air every day. So she would ride the bus to school in the morning and then take like three hours of classes and I would pick her up. Like as soon as I got off the air, I left to go pick her up at 1030. And then she'd come home and do like, you know, all the core classes, history, mm-hmm. math, science, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and then seventh grade came and we were going to do the same thing. And because again, I'm still thinking algebra is coming. So if this works out, <laughs> we'll be doing math at public school. Yeah, yeah. And then um, it got to be seventh grade wrestling season, which is like end of October. And the school's like, well, yeah, we have to, you have to be enrolled at least 80% to participate in school sports. And I was like, Ugh. like, that's basically everything but two classes. So I'm like, okay, fine. I should have just been like, go but I had all I had all the books and curriculum so I think she did that year she did math and science at home everything else was at school okay just because she wanted to wrestle and then from there you know by eighth grade she was full-time and gotcha yeah so anyway so what was the and I don't know how to ask this other than to ask it what is what what was it I don't know how to ask it just ask what how why were you so hell-bent on not putting your kids in public school and, and homeschooling them um well lots of reasons, I guess. I mean, the, I think the biggest reason was because I did want to have them in a faith-based curriculum. I liked having them home with me. Like I liked having that. Mm -hmm. I liked being the influence, right? the main influence, um, and having control over like what they're learning and what they're reading about Mm -hmm. and how that is influencing them. Um, and I, it's, there's like so much, I think this is probably more true and I'm not bagging on public school. My kids are two of my three are in public school. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm good with it, but like elementary wise, like, and even, even older, like there's a lot of wasted time in school. And so I'm like, I, I only have so much time with my kids. Mm. I, I want that time, Yeah, you know? So mm-hmm. having them gone, like I, I don't want to be helping them with algebra, <laughs> Yeah, but I also miss them and yeah, I, of course, you know, because yeah. I had them for so like, it was such a huge change mm-hmm. to have them all the time. But naturally growing up as a homeschooled child, yeah, that's where the inspiration came. Was there? Yeah. A- um, and my parents did the same thing. Like my, so I went to kindergarten in public school. My older sister, um, went through sixth grade public school and I, I think, and I should know this cause it's my own family and my own parents, but I, I think there were some things being taught in elementary school that my parents didn't think were appropriate. Um, and so that's why they pulled us out of public school and decided to homeschool, which this was back in 86. I was going to say probably mid 85, 86, yeah. which this was like, like, when we would go to Walmart or something, if it was during school hours, because we lived out in the country too. And so in order to like, not, we didn't drive, we couldn't just run to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. We would plan a day and go to Walmart and the grocery store and the bank and run all the errands in one day. Sure. And so we'd take our school books with us because you can do school books in the car. It's no different than doing homework in the car. But if we were going to be somewhere, <laughs> during school hours, you know, mom would be like, now remember you let me answer when, because I mean, this was back when like people were getting turned in and getting, I don't know, getting their kids taken away. I don't know. Getting, getting like 
like homeschooling was not normal. Absolutely 100% not normal. Okay. Like if you had said back then, well, we homeschool, people would have looked mm-hmm. at you like, mm-hmm. what kind of cult are you in? <laughs> I mean, it was, it was really like, yeah. And I mean, there, and may, I don't know of anyone who got turned in or anything happened legally, but I think that was something that not like my parents were pioneers, but they were, yeah, it was not common. Sure. And so there, there were things you were scared about that if, if somebody notices that, Oh, those kids that live over there are playing outside every day at one o'clock in the afternoon. Well, they must not be doing school. Yeah. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. really elementary school work doesn't, that's what I mean about wasted time. Like my daughter's in third grade now her schoolwork can be done in by lunchtime if you wow. just do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, just do it, it and get it done. And, exactly. Um, and so, you know, it was like, mom was like, if you're playing and somebody drives in the driveway and you don't know who it is, just go in the house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I don't know what she thought was going to happen or what we thought was going to happen, yeah. but it was definitely a different time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was normal for me. So it was normal to homeschool. My older sister homeschooled her kids. Um, so it was a little bit of, like, that's what I'm supposed to do. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then when I decided to, like, I didn't ask anyone's opinion about starting my kids in public school and not even my parents. And like, then I was like, I have to tell them, <laughs> I have to tell them. <laughs> and that was I hard. Felt like a kid. Yeah. Because I didn't know what they would think. You know, like I, I, I felt like it was going to be a disappointment. I guess. Was, because that fa- that, was that fair to yourself? Uh Oh, I don't know if it was fair or not, well, but, but well, I guess true. What, uh, they were disappointed? Um, I don't know that my mom was because I had, I have a niece who was already in public school. And so she was kind of like, I don't know, at least warmed up to the idea, I guess. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, My dad's still not a fan of public school. Gotcha. So, but I mean, he never said like, I'm so disappointed in you, you know, right, like, right. he was like, why would you do that? Like, what, what, what's that about? You know? Mm-hmm. And I just, well, she wants to be with her friends some and take these classes that I'm not going to, how am I going to teach her choir? Yeah. I mean. You can <laughs> or, sing. You know how to sing. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. She, yeah, she hears me sing all the time. That's choir. Yeah, exactly. That's the class. So anyway. Interesting. Yeah. Um. So you don't have any regrets then with deciding to go ahead and put your kids in the public schools earlier than you had originally planned? No. And it really wasn't that it was originally planned. I, that's what I mean. If you had oh. said a few years ago, your kids are two of your three kids are going to be, I would have said, no, my kids aren't going to. Well, that's school. what I'm saying. The plan was that you're going to go through 12th grade, right? That, yeah. Yeah. So that's my, that's the question. Oh, okay. Yeah. So no, I don't think so. I think it was meant to be. I think that's what was supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I kind of fought it. I kind of fought like when the, when the friend suggested it, I had this inside me going like, that's what you need to do. Yeah. And like, I didn't really know what it was. I do now, but it was, it was kind it was very similar to when I left working full time the first time. And then it was brought up about coming back and I was like, that's not going to work. It'll never work. Like, it's not going to work out. And then mm-hmm. I had this little something inside me like, you need to, you need to follow through with the steps. Like, you need to try to find childcare. You need to, f-. and I was like, this is not going to work. And then it worked. And it was the same thing with the school. Like, this is not, this is not what God wants for me. Like, right. no, I'm not. And then I was like, okay, fine. I'll call. But they're going to be <laughs> like, no, we have to do this and this and this and this and this. And and they're going to be like, oh, another homeschool, you know, like, yeah. and there was none of that. Like there was no pushback at all. And I was like, 
crap, Ooh. this is all happening. Yeah, like, right. Oh my gosh, like this is supposed to happen. So, so we got a little bit sidetracked, but that's my fault because yeah, I was sorry. asking that all was the a long que- time about school. I was all I was asking all the questions, I guess. But um, so you were homeschooled. We're, yeah. we're talking about you and your life and yeah. and where where you went with this. Um, so you're homeschooled. Um, you're through twelfth grade. What, what did, did you have any aspirations on what you wanted to do with your life? I know at some point you were working at a bank where, what point did you kind of start getting into the workforce and what did Jill want to do before she became Jillian on the radio? Well, I didn't even know I wanted to be on the radio. Like I didn't ever have career aspirations. Like really? I never, no, I really, I really didn't. Like, it sounds kind of sad to say like, I didn't have this dream job or like, like literally I mean, as a kid, I would pretend I was, oh, I'm a nurse or this, but I never, like, I just wanted to be a wife and a mom. That's mm-hmm. all I ever wanted to be. Um, so when I was done with school, I was like, well, I'll take some college classes. I mean, maybe something will pique my interest, and, but probably not, because I really just want to get married and have kids. And um, So where did you go to school? Longview. Okay. Yep. So did I you took, take like, any radio classes there? No. Okay. Oh no, I So these are just no. basic your just math. Just basic English, English 101, yep. whatever the first yep. math, whatever the yeah, all those. Yeah. Um I did like and actually I was doing those when I would have when what what would have been my senior year um because I just was done with high school. Like I just mm-hmm. did what I had to do to to kind of get done, mm-hmm. just to be done and start taking college classes. Mm-hmm. Um because I was working full time. So I'm like mm, I don't need to do another like I don't even know what it was that I had left I could have done. I think another year of business math or something. I'm like, yeah. No. Where were you working? Um, at the Bank of Lee Summit, which is now Security Bank, but it was Bank of Lee Summit. How long did you work there? I started working there when I was 16, almost 17. Okay. And I worked there till the summer after I got married, so 24 years. 24? No, oh, four, you, four years. For four years. Yeah, yeah. I started work or. Yeah, almost 17. Oh, three years, three and a half years. Gotcha. Sorry. Math. See, this is why. This is why. Didn't want to teach that math past sixth grade. (laughs) That's funny. Um, All right. So, uh, of course, I know you pretty well and I know a lot about your story. So I'm trying to ask questions in a way that I don't know the story. But um, (laughs) you don't, all you want to do is be married and and have babies, have a family. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing this job at the bank, I guess, just for the experience of having a job, right? Yeah. yeah and money. And I yeah. mean, I was still living at home and I wasn't married yet at 16, mm-hmm. which was good. Right. Um, and I really like, I really didn't date either because I had like, really, I just had one strict rule kind of two, And that just always seemed to turn. So, would be what, suitors so what are off. the rules? Um, the rule was, well, you really should have been a Christian to start, but mm-hmm. if you weren't and you were asking, then I would say, well, like, yeah, you can come to church with me. Like that was going to so be the So the rule day. is you have to go to church with yeah. you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so I really didn't have any takers on that exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So no. how many people did you turn down, Jill? I don't know. Come on. Don't be I, No, I, I don't know how many. I mean, quite a few. And okay. I was fine with saying, I was like, yeah, this is the deal. And they're like, mm, all right, I'm good. <laughs> like, you're kind of cute, but yeah. I'm good. It's yeah. all right. Wacky Christian girl. Yeah, oh, right. my gosh, like, moving oh, on. I know where this is going. <laughs> We're not going. Yeah, or not going. <laughs> I know I'm not getting any. Yeah, yeah. right. So, 
right. um, so like before I before I met my husband, I went on like one, two, three dates. Okay. Yeah. At church? Actually, no, strangely enough. And I don't know why. Yes, you broke your own rule. I guess I broke my own rule because they were like friends of friends that I already So you kind of trusted. So I kind of trusted that, okay, maybe, but yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, nope, that's why it's a rule because, you know, not to say anything bad about those guys. One of the guys was a Christian, but there was just no chemistry. chemistry. Like it felt like I was a super nice guy. I still know him now. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was like, well... This feels like I'm, I don't have a brother, but yeah. I feel like that's what it feels like. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah. So at what point then does Jill get the radio bug? Like how, do, because if I recall, yeah, you were interning or doing part-time stuff at the radio station at a really young age. I mean, were yeah, you? Yeah, 17. You were 17. Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember if it was 17 or 18. 17. So how does that happen? Well, this is going to make me sound really old. But we are, Jill. I know. But just because of technology, the way technology has changed in the last 20 years, let's keep this in mind. So if anybody mm. like that is 20 years old is listening and they're like, oh, my gosh, this sounds like the Stone Age. Yeah. Um, so when I was working at the bank full time, this is when radio stations would do contests, like lunchtime contests where you faxed in and see kids a fax machine is, yeah. Anyway, you can mm-hmm. Google that. Um, <laughs> anyway, so you would fax in and try to win like, Lunch from Mr. Goodsense for your office. Okay. For your coworkers, sure. right? So I listened to Q104's my favorite station. Um, I faxed in from the bank. Now we couldn't listen to the radio at the bank. That's the the strange thing. It just was not allowed because you would shouldn't be distracted. You should. So be you broke another rule. No, I wasn't listening. I just knew that if I faxed, I might win the food. Okay. You know they would like contact you or whatever because they would be talking about this or promoting this on. Hours that you weren't working. Yes, right. Or on lunch break or whatever. So got it. Facts in, and I did not win Mr. Goodsense for the office. But they took some of those faxes and they um called those people and were like, Hey, we're inviting some of our people that like Q104 down to the radio station to do a focus group. We're gonna bring you down, have some food. You can like see the studio if you want to ask you some questions. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. That would be, yes. yes like yeah. what? And so mind you, I'm still 17 mm-hmm. living at home. I mean, I'm, I am working full time, but I'm still living at home and I'm still 17 yeah. living in Lee summit. Um, homeschool kid. Right. Yeah. And so, um, I tell my mom and, and strangely enough, they seemed fine with me driving to the country club plaza. I mean, I took a friend with me, but she was my age. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know if I would even let my kid now (laughs) drive to Country Club Plaza, you know, whatever. Yeah. But anyway, so we went down there. Of course, it was after work hours. It was like, you know, six o'clock or something. And the three summers prior to that, so that summer that was, it was October of 96. So that summer and the two prior, I'd been a lifeguard. Okay. As like a fun job. Mm Mm-hmm. But your lifeguard certification at the time only lasted three years. I'm like, I don't want to do that again. Like, you have to swim 500 yards. And like, I don't want to, I don't want to do it. (laughs) Like, I'm lazy and I don't want to do it again. And so I was like, I'm going to need a different, like, fun job for next summer. Yeah. So I'm like on cloud nine because I'm at my favorite radio station. Mm -hmm. I've met, I I think I got to go and like look in the studio. And this is when Shotgun Jackson was on nights at Q1, you know, Q104. Yeah. And, 
Um, so is this, are you in the old, uh, um, by Winsteads Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. by Winsteads. Yeah. And so we were in the conference room, the big conference room. And I don't even remember at the time, the general manager was Dan Wassler yeah. and he, um, he told us how radio worked and like, you know, they, then we had questionnaires fill out. What do we, what do we like about Q104? What other stations do we listen to? Uh, what DJs do we like? What do we like about them? What do we not like about them? You know, these kind of things. So when it was over, um, it turns out it was Mike Kennedy, which that really didn't mean anything to me at the time. Like, because I he wasn't I, on the air very much, maybe like two hours a day or something maybe, like that. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But, um, he was like, walk as each person left, he was walking him to the elevator. And so, um, I didn't know that by what I was going to ask him, I didn't know what he thought, what that meant to him or what that implied. But I just said, Hey, um, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I'm going to need like a, I'm going to want like a fun job next summer. I've been a lifeguard the last three summers. I don't want to do that anymore. So, I mean, like, this is like so cool to be here. Like I'll just take out the trash or I'll answer <laughs> the phone. I don't really care. I just like, I just love being here. And so like, if you ever have a part-time job, like I'll do anything. Wow. And so, um, he's like, okay. Of course he thought that was funny. You know, he's like, well, one rule, you got to go to church with me. <laughs> Man, if I didn't you're that, like, like, wow, I'm <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Right. So, um, so he's like, okay, well, you know what? I'll, uh, if I think of something, I'll be in touch or something like that. They've got my information cause they called me to be there in the first place. So I leave and I'm just like, oh, this was, that was amazing. You know, it was the coolest thing ever. Were you feeling good that he was going to call you back? Oh, I, I don't even know if that registered. Okay. I, I don't, not that I thought he was sincere or not sincere, but I'm like, what is, I don't, I didn't even know what there was to do. Like okay. what would a summer job at a radio station be? I don't know. Gotcha. Like I'm thinking next summer, but he did call or had probably had somebody else call. It was probably like, I don't know if it was Haas at the time, but probably somebody in promotions. Mm-hmm. And mentioned an internship okay, and said, you know, I mean, it's not paid, right? but, um, you know, some cool opportunities, maybe go to a concert here and there and get to be in the studio and answer the phone. What, you know, yeah, like, see all yes. the things. Yeah. Like I'm totally driving here once a week to sure. work for free, you know? So I did that on Thursday nights and I interned for shotgun from seven to midnight, Thursday nights. Wow. And so that started like a Im- of course, immediately I'm like, tell me when, like, I'll be there, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And, um, so then after, I don't know. I mean, the first, the first time I actually worked and got a paycheck was the following March. And that was just running the board. That was just running the Sunday controls. morning stuff. Um, I think it was a live broadcast, okay. like a birthday bash. Like a bur- okay. A gotcha. Birthday bash just live broadcast. Board hopping. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Board hopping, running the, pushing the buttons. And, um, so at some point in those, six months he taught me how to run the controls and jackson did yeah reel to reel you know the whole thing again that's the stone age i know, I know. <laughs> real uh, to like real. i couldn't do it now if i like yeah. I, yeah anyway um so yeah and then from there you really got i mean just to back up a little bit you yeah. you kind of got thrown to the wolves because i remember in our time um at the radio at q104 there was a lot of part-timers that came and gone you know yeah. or, or or interns i guess yeah and maybe just because we were pulled in so many different directions i don't know why but you know you were pretty lucky to have been in the position that you were to where jackson had the ability to give you a lot of time 
and mm-hmm. show you how all of this works. Right. Because back in the day, we didn't have the time to say, okay, you know, here we've got 10 free minutes. Right. Let me show you what this button does. Why don't you come around here? And, and when this, right. this song ends, you're going to hit this button and right. you're going to fade this out. You know, right. like. Just, it was, a, it was, I mean, not that running the board, not that it's hard, but there was definitely back then a lot more involved. Like you yeah. had to push every button. Well, you're playing CDs and you're playing all the commercials right. and, you know, like we're now everything's automated on the computer. Right. You know, so there's not as much button pushing going right. on. Yeah, that's what but, I mean. Yeah. But you are first time exposed to large market radio, like yeah. not just radio, it's large market radio. Right. My first exposure to radio was a little 9,000 watt radio station right. in Marysville, Kansas. Right. And I was like, <gasps> which looked nothing like yeah. the studio Q104. Yeah. And was overwhelmed at 17. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's impressive that at that age, you were able to go in there, take the direction and learn everything that you did and pick up on it as quickly as you did. Yeah, I suppose. And I guess, you know, I didn't really know at the time, but that all that meant something like the Mm -hmm. fact that I was like, I'll do anything. And that's not anything, by the way. Keep your intern jokes to yourself. Just as long as you're going to church. Yeah. Keep your intern jokes to yourself. Um, but that I was passionate about it and that I, I mean, I would be there when I needed to be. So if it, you know, if he said, Hey, my Tuesday night intern can't be here. Okay. Yep. Sure. I'll, you know, because I loved it that much and thought it was so cool. And like, Mm. and I mean, it was his idea to like show me how to do things. And then I was able to do them. And then, then I guess he was like, well, if you want to try to be on the air, then, you know, you're going to need a name and you're going to need to know how to do that and be comfortable doing that. And he gave me my first pair of headphones and then somebody stole them. And <laughs> from the studio. Yes. What? Yes. Dude. So it was either like somebody that worked in the building or a cleaning person. I know. I, I, you know, I, I just really appreciate the fact that Jackson poured that much into you. Oh my gosh. In the beginning. That is so cool. I know. Crazy. And there was, you know, I, I remember back, this would have been back when, and I'm not trying to make this about me, but just kind of along the same lines, uh, working for Mike Kennedy Station in Manhattan, Kansas, that Haas Michaels then was the program director for. Right. And I remember having conversation with Jackson. Um, it, anyway, I, he was my mentor. Like he oh, was wow. the guy that I looked up to like, oh my gosh, like he yeah. is so good. Yeah. And the way he does the bits and talks on the air and he communicates <laughs> the with the phones. passion phones. Yes. Yeah, like I was, I was enamored with shotgun Jeff Jackson. Right. And, um, I remember him kind of taking me under his wing and, you know, offering me suggestions and, and not being arrogant or egotistical about, right. I was me goobering all over him. Yeah. Um, but then, uh, he was the same way. You know, when I came back and started there full time. Yeah. So anyway, I digress. I just really appreciated the fact that he poured into you and he did the same for me. Yeah. No, he's he's great. He's still great. Yeah. So. So then at some point you do, he's telling you, you got to get a name. You got some yeah. headphones. You got to yeah. figure out how to not just press the buttons, be able to press the buttons and talk at the same time. And yeah. Sound good doing it. Yeah. So how did you get the experience doing that? Was it coming up after midnight and, and just doing a couple hours or Yes. What? It was definitely weekend nights from like like I'd be running the like my shift would be midnight to five AM or midnight to six AM, but the time on the air would just be like two AM to four AM. 
or Mm -hmm. 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. Just because, obviously, not many people listening. So are you having a lot of uh, communication with Mike Kennedy about this? Or is this pretty much just Jackson? You are working with Jackson. Jackson's telling, hey, we ought to throw this girl on in the overnight or whatever. And Mike's giving him the okay or how? I don't know what they're, again, because all this was happening and it was like, it wasn't like it was unbelievable. Like, I didn't know the process. Like, Mm -hmm. you, you would have known the process. And like, you looked up to him because you were already interested in radio. Right. I was just like, this is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it was all just like, whoa, like yeah. what is happening to me? Like, yeah. this is not real life. Sure. And so I have no idea if like what their communication was. Uh-huh. Um, so you had no desire to even be on the air. You just liked being there. I just liked being there. I okay. mean, of course, when he said that, I was like, okay, I'll try. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, sure. I guess. And so, he's you know at the time you had like a cassette tape and you would put it in this the like skimmer thing yeah. that would so you could have an air check tape so you could yeah. like listen back to it which is just still dreadful to this day like i will not want to listen to this i almost asked you to bring one i do. i almost brought you <laughs> oh, I, ha- I, have I have if you've ever listened to one of the oh. po- i i once in a while we'll do a feature called ronnie's radio rewind and because we kind of put this together late i meant to ask you to bring something. oh i have i have some I okay. do. Well, I maybe, do. maybe, maybe somewhere down the road. Maybe somewhere down the road. Um, but yeah, I still, I still don't like hearing, like, I still don't think I have a good voice. Like I still, like, it's crazy to me. Like, no. anyway. Um, That's silly. So I don't remember, I think the first shift I worked, I think it was, I think it was October. So October started internship, March started running the board mm-hmm. and then on the air the following October. Um, which would have been 97. Is my math right? October 96. Yeah, 97. Wow. Yeah. And then, so then all this time I'm working at the bank. I actually had some other jobs. Like I was like, oh, I'm going to waitress and because I'll be good at that. And then I was not good at that. Uh, <laughs> I thought I would be a great waitress. Let me just, just real quick. I thought I'd be a great waitress because my dad who I love dearly is very demanding of waitresses. And I don't mean that in a bad way. He's not rude, but he's like, he will down a glass of iced tea before she's even back to the kitchen and not to be difficult. Like, it's not like I'm going to drink all this tea and see if she comes to, he just does. You know what I mean? Thirsty guy. Yeah. Thirsty guy. So I was like, I'm going to be so good because I've seen, you know, my dad, like, and he expects good Mm -hmm, service and, mm I don't know. I was not, I guess, a good. I, I always made way less money than everybody else. So that didn't work out, which how, is fine. How long did you do that? Oh, my gosh. Um, a and few where months. did you do that? A few months at a restaurant in Lee Summit that was called um, Anna Lucia's. It's an Italian restaurant. And it's where it was Mojo's and then it was Jerry's Bait Shack. And now it's like. Oh, yeah. Or maybe it is Jerry's Bait Shack now. No, Cork they changed and it. Fork, Cork and Fork. We're talking about that place in downtown Lee Summit, yeah, right next to the, the railroad tracks. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's not Jerry's anymore. Uh, I don't know what it is. Jerry's now. Bait Shop, I think yeah. is what it was called. But yeah. it, no, it's I think it's changed to something else. But yeah. it, it's a it's a bar. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, yeah, that was not a good deal. Um, but anyway, so so October of '97 would have been like when I first started doing those like mini overnight shifts. Mm-hmm. And then I guess I was okay enough to put on like a full weekend overnight shift, like midnight to five, you know? And, um, anyway, so did you have to turn in your air check to Mike for him to listen to, to actually give you the, or I sat with him. I sat with him a couple of times. 
And then he critiqued you. Yeah. Okay. That was. How intimidated were you about with that? I mean, I would be more intimidated to do it now, honestly, than <laughs> yeah. I was then. Because again, I'm, I'm not even knowing how cool what I'm doing is. Yeah. I mean, I am because I think it's cool, but like not realizing. It's not like, like you're in the radio industry and you've been hearing for the years, this yeah. name, Mike Kennedy, right. program director at KBEQ FM, Kansas city, right. You know, potential in, well, at the time he's in the country music radio hall of fame now, yeah, but at the right. time they're probably anyway, yeah, I, I, highly touted. I just thought it was cool because I like this radio station. I yeah. thought it was cool that I could say I worked there, you know? Um, and so anyway, then in, um, like May of 98, the girl that was on the morning show at the time. So this was Randy Miller morning show. Mm-hmm. Kimberly Ray was the girl. Mm-hmm. Um, she was going on maternity leave. And so they called me at the bank where I was working full time and said, and it would have been at the time, Missy Monday was calling to say, oh, that's um, right. I forgot about yeah, her said, um, Hey, Kimberly's going to be going on maternity leave. We need somebody to, you know, come just fill in her maternity leave to do traffic. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. I said, well, I, I work full time. I can't do yeah. that. Like my bank hours were either like nine to six or if I opened, I was seven to five or, you know, whatever. And so I said, oh, that's amazing. Like I, but I can't, like, I can't not do my full-time job. And she's like, okay, I understand. And so I hang up the phone and this girl, I wish I could remember what girl, which girl it was. It would make the story so much better. But one of the girls I worked with, said, what was that about? And I told her, and she goes, you can't not do that. What are you, what are you thinking? Yeah. And I was like, well, I can't like, I can't be there till, you know, they, they're on the air till 10. Mm -hmm. Like, even if I'm just doing traffic, I wouldn't be here till nine. You know, if I, the last traffic's at eight 30 or whatever. Yeah. She goes, you cannot at least not try. You have to go ask our boss here if they would like, change your hours and let you like do the latest possible hours every day. Wow. You can't not ask. I was just going to not ask because I'm like, oh, they're never going to do that. Right. And I asked and they said, yes. And so I've, I'm like called running right to the phone, called yeah. back and I'm like, I can do it. I can do it. I can, I can do it. And so that's what I did. And that was basically over a summer, summer of 98. Um, so th- again, thrown to like anybody who knew or remembered Randy Miller, like, yeah, that was, <laughs> um, yeah. We'll get into that in a second, but I anyway. do, but I am curious. Um, I'm curious as, did you ever years later and be like, okay, I've got, I've got a little better understanding of how this whole radio thing works and all the different people and yeah. the industry that you know, and in the market that you know, like yeah. you could have called any TV personality yeah. that could have came in and filled in like. Did you, did you ever, do you ever figure out like why they picked the 17 or 18 year old kid? No, no. I mean, you never asked uh, no. like, really? No. I mean, not, I mean, maybe not at the time, but like all these years later, you never were curious. Like think of all the times like you were gone mm-hmm. or somebody else was gone and mm-hmm. you had somebody come in and fill in and you would call, you know, a, a TV radio or a TV personality or right. just anybody, you know, to come in in and why they chose a teenager. I don't know. I mean, I, I <laughs> yeah, I'm just surprised that you were never curious about that. I mean, it's a blessing. Like I mean, I'm I guess, glad it, it happened, but right. Like at, the, at, at some point, you know, because I even remember people that I worked with that would make 
snide remarks about how I didn't work my, like I didn't really pay my dues because I just mm. jumped right in and yeah, got, yeah. and oh, boom, boom, boom. Sure, you know, sure. like, and made, implied that there were other things involved and whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, so I just always thought, well, this is obviously the job I'm meant to do. So it was just meant to be like, it didn't really matter to me how it happened. And I don't know, like I didn't know Randy. So maybe it was just like, he's difficult to work with and Mm -hmm. nobody lasts very long with him. And so let's get the kid that will do anything and would think it was cool. It's probably what it was. That's probably what it was. I didn't think of it like that. All right. We're going to talk about that. I, I'm going to take a break. All right. (laughs) Take a break. Take a drink. Uh, When we come back, Jillian Gregg is going to talk about what it was like to intern on the morning show with the legendary Randy Miller. I'm sure she's got plenty of plenty stories about that. We'll dive into our time working together and so much more. It's coming up next on the Papa Ron Podcast. Attention. You're listening to the Papa Ron Podcast. Get involved with the show. Wow, really? Ask questions and leave comments or complaints. Woo! Nice. Call or text 816-558-6389. That's 816-558-6389. Now back to the show. Here again, your host. Great. Showtime. Bonnie Phillips. I've done such an awful job of promoting this podcast over the last couple of weeks. You might recall Tate Stevens was in here a few weeks ago, and it was a few days after that that I had to leave for North Dakota to film an episode of Heartland Waterfowl, and then didn't do an episode for two weeks, did an episode last week. I put out no content to promote that, but I'm going to use this opportunity right now to go check it out. If you haven't done it already, it's a really cool, the shortest episode or podcast podcast that I've done to date with Kyle Spencer, who is the owner of Dell's power sports, really cool story. The guys, um, he was not, did not come from a silver spoon, worked for everything that he's got. He had to have a few trials and tribulations along the way to kind of figure out his path in life. But, uh, along in that podcast with this story, we announced the launch of a brand new product called clean AF. This is a product that my business Dumar solutions collaborated with, with uh, Kyle and Dell's Power Sports, and we're real excited to have launched that just this past week. So back with Jillian Greg. All right, Randy Miller. So you don't know much about Randy other than what you've been listening to on the air, right? Like you're a huge fan of Q104, yeah. so you know of his shenanigans. You <laughs> know course, yes. how crazy it can be, but you've yeah. never met him before. You had never no. really had a chance to know him or meet him on a personal level I before you work with him. Right. I, I don't think I met him because... Randy didn't really go to a lot of station events. Like he, he didn't do any of them. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Unless it was like a big concert or something. He just wanted to take his wife to or something, whatever, you know, whatever. So I don't, I don't, I don't think I met him and I wish I could remember. I wish I could remember like the first, I don't, I don't remember the first day going in. Like, I don't remember. I don't know if I was just so... You don't remember, like, him the first day, but, you, but surely you remember the emotions. I... Don't remember I the don't emotions. I think I do. And, of course, you know, because we're so old, this was before, like, like now if that was happening to me, I would... You'd be recording and you'd be, you know, documenting it. Yeah. And, and of all those years, I didn't... I mean, I took 
pictures were taken, a lot of cool moments and things, but I'm like, why, why did I not journal? Why did I not journal of all the cool things that happened? And Were you known for doing that in, in your young age? No, but I wish I would have. <laughs> well, it was also before a time <clears throat> or in a time before Every cell phone can or cell phone yeah. had a camera on it. I know, but and I there even was just no mean, social media. Yeah, I even just mean like actually like diary, like writing yeah. in a journal. Like we interviewed Cher today. Like what? <laughs> like I talked to Cher. I should have written down details. You know, like you wouldn't know to do that if you weren't already in the process of doing it. I guess. I guess. So, um, how long then was Kimberly Ray on maternity leave? I think it was. Eight weeks, something like Holy that. Holy Like, it was cow. almost a whole summer. Like, by the time I started, it was like a almost a whole summer. Dang. Yeah. Eight weeks. I guess that's, yeah. that's normal. Yeah. I don't know. My yeah. wife never did more than three or four weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. You can't keep that girl down. Anyway, <laughs> um, so uh, eight weeks is a hell of a lot of experience to do a morning show with a personality yeah. like Randy Miller. Yeah. What, uh, was it all that you thought it was going to be, or did you ever leave the studio and go home and be like, what did I get myself into? Hmm. I, it was all I thought it would be. Of course it was amazing, but I already knew that he was difficult. Like I, I kind of already knew that, you know, like, so that wasn't a surprise. You're trying real hard to communicate no, this very carefully it, honestly some yes. of it is a is a memory issue too because um i don't know when this started it may have started because of randy and I'm, I'm not saying that like it's a bad thing but i have i have an issue a problem but i don't think it's a problem i actually it's more of a blessing than a problem i forget negative things that is a beautiful thing it is a beautiful thing unless you for some reason need to recall something. Okay. Like like in an interview with a with the podcast or something. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> or like 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 I can remember I can remember crying. Like I can remember things happening and being upset and crying. Um but I don't really remember I remember one specific but not very many specifics and then um back in 2020 when um I wasn't working on the radio and nobody was doing anything because of COVID. I was just doing like Facebook lives yeah, every day or whatever. Yeah. And so I did one with him, like a kind of a zoom type thing. I remember watching that. And when I told, like when I told my husband that I was going to do that <clears throat> and I didn't tell Randy that, that I was going to do it on good Friday and tell him I forgave him. <laughs> but anyway, okay. when I told Matt, I was going to do, he's like, why, why would you want to talk to him? And I was like, why not? And he's like, do you not, do you not remember? Yeah. Like. He obviously remembers. He the remember, negative. Yeah, yeah, he remembers. And so I'm he like, put you through hell, huh? I mean. If I was asked, if Matt was sitting right here. Yeah. He would say that he yeah. put you through hell. Yeah. So does Matt re- refresh your memory with no. some of the things? No. Okay. He does. I don't really want him to. Like, I don't really need to remember. I, I don't need to remember bad things. And I do forgive him. Like, yeah. I've seen him at, out and about. Like, I, I actually, before that happened, I'd seen him out. And the people I was with was like, you talked to him for a long time. <laughs> like, what did, like, I don't know what they thought was going to happen. Like, what did yeah. you say? What did he say? Like, it was going to be this, 
like like I'm gonna go over and scream at him. I don't know, but I don't rem- I don't remember what I need to scream at him for. Well, there were times through the years, even after Randy was, I guess I'll say, let go from yeah. Q104, <laughs> um, that you guys would run into each other, or he would call into the show. You guys would. Mm-hmm. It's not like you interned for him for eight weeks. There, all of a sudden, you're gone. And then you had no relationship with this guy ever again. No conversation with this guy ever again until 2020 when you do a Facebook no, Live. No, but he, no. So I did, I filled in maternity leave. So then Kimberly came back, of course, at whatever the end of the summer was. But then in February, she was like, I'm done. She That's left. Right. And so they called me back. And according, I did ask then, I'm like, Whose idea was this? Because I wanted to know if if I was wanted back. <laughs> right. And who I was wanted back by. I did yeah. know then. Yeah, yeah. And I supposedly, forgot all about this. Supposedly Randy wanted me back. So, but I was working full time at the bank and I was like, and I mean, and then this is now like 99. So this is like, I'm approaching, I'm going to be married in May. And so I said, I got a lot going on right now. <laughs> like this is a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I would love to. Um, and I, I started, I don't know the exact date, but it was April. It was like three weeks probably before I got married is I didn't quit the bank. I was like, I'm going to try to handle both. Mm. I stayed on the bank part time and I think they were letting me keep my insurance or something. I don't know what, what the deal was now. I don't remember, but, um, I, I left the bank in July after I got married. Like I was like, okay, this is seeming to work out. Like yeah. the radio thing, I think it's going to work at least till I get mad at Randy or he gets mad at me and whatever. Um, so I started this brand new full-time job two weeks before I get married, get married. And so I worked, I mean, I worked with him from full-time from April of 99 till um, January of 2002. So I worked. Wow. With, I, I forgot which all about that. Felt like an eternity. I forgot. All like about that. at the time that felt like, yeah, I mean, it was two and a half years or whatever. Felt longer. Sure. <laughs> Man, I completely yeah. forgot all about that. That, that just yeah. totally rings a bell for me. Um, mm-hmm. So back up just a little bit then, because we've referred to working at the bank and we've talked about Matt's, um, I, I guess I do want to clarify that that whole time then that you did after you did the um, maternity fill in for mm-hmm. um, Kimberly, Kimberly, thank mm-hmm. you. Then you were still working part time at yeah. the radio station and working at the. Yeah. Bank. So when yeah. I was doing when I was <clears throat> filling in for Kimberly, I would go in, I would get there at a little bit before probably 530. Um, and then I would leave as soon as the last traffic report at like 825 or 830. And I would drive to Lee Summit to go to work at the bank and supposed to be there by nine. And most of the time I made it unless there was a traffic issue Mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, and then work nine to six every day at the bank. And then we had like, I think one Saturday a month off or something like that. But you know, you were like Mm -hmm. not eight to 12 or whatever on Saturdays. Um, yeah. So I did that for, put in some hours that summer. Yeah. It was great. (laughs) You loved it. It was, yeah, it was a dream. So let's stop talking about radio for just a second, because I think it's important to talk about Matt and how you met Matt. And so I, I know the story, but I'd love for you to explain it. You know, Matt is your, he's the first love, right? And the only love and first everything. Yeah. Yep. Not first date. I'm going to have three other dates before that, but so fourth date, first everything else. So did you, well, first of all, 
Tell the story about how you and Matt met. Uh, he was a customer at the bank, mm-hmm. drive through customer, um, and always, I, I don't know why, he he always came to that particular end of the drive through where I was. Now, like always, it just happened to be that's where he was, and that's where my station was. Um, and he knew, so he was best friends with a guy whose sister I worked with at the bank. Mm. Okay. And they were best friends all through high school. Um, so at this time, like he asked me out on February 13th, 1997. <laughs> <laughs> so I was day before Valentine's day before Valentine's day. Okay. How old was I then? 79. To, I would have been almost 18. Right. Yeah. I would yes. have turned 18 yes. that May. Yeah. Um, so anyway, 17 years old, he's 20 at the time. Cause he's two and a half years older than me. Um, anyway, so he knew this guy and I thought he was cute. He came in every Friday, like, you know, four o'clock, four thirty, Cause he got paid on Fridays and wants his money. Yeah. Bring his check to the bank. And, um, so he would talk to my friend that I worked with coworker. And so when he would come through, I'd be like, Hey, your friend's here. Your friend Matt's here. And she might come over and say hi, or she might not. And he he would come the way he would come to the window. It was like you drive towards the window and then you turn and drive in front of all the windows, right? Mm. And so you know he would always turn and like smile and wave, and I'm like, oh my gosh, she's so cute. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, he can only see me from like here up. Yeah, you know, yeah. so he didn't know what he was getting into, I guess. But um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> I guess I said to her, I said, he's really cute. Like, I mean, do you know if he has a girlfriend? And she's like, oh my gosh, absolutely not. Absolutely, I am not. I am not being any part of setting you up with him. Absolutely not. And I was like, "What? Why he's so cute and 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 he seems nice and he's polite and mm-hmm. he has a job and a truck and a cowboy, <laughs> and a cowboy hat, like you know." And she goes, "Oh my gosh, no! Like that will never work. That is a terrible idea. He is not good." Oh. And I was like, "What?" It's like. <laughs> No, not good. Like parties all the time, drinks, like no, smokes, all the, th- all the things, all the things, mm-hmm, not good. Mm-hmm. All the things that I was not. Right. And so I was like, oh, fine. Bummer. Okay, yeah, bummer. Cute. Still comes through every Friday. Still cute. Still wave and smile. Well, he asked his buddy and said, hey, tell your sister, set me up with the, the yeah. girl at the bank. Yeah. And so he talks to his sister, same girl. And she's like, absolutely not. <laughs> she's good. And yeah. he's not. No. And so she, she really wouldn't be a, she was like, I'm not going to be in the middle of that. And um, so anyway, he was like, well, I guess I'm going to have to do it on my own. So he, it was a Friday night, the day before Valentine's Day. And he came through and he said, um, you want to go out? I don't know if it was that night or the next night. Oh, I think he said, you have plans tomorrow night, Valentine's Day. And I said, no. And he goes, do you want to go out? And I said, well, I said, I'll send you my number and you can call me tonight. Mm-hmm. So, and of course this was like, he had a pager. <laughs> <laughs> this was before cell phones. Right. <laughs> Google, Google a pager. If you're, not, if you're under 20 years old and you don't know. Yeah. Um, he had a pager, not a cell phone. So it was my home phone, like my parents' house. And he's like, okay. So he called, we talked that night, like all night long. Like whatever time he called, I don't even, seven o'clock, eight o'clock till like one in the morning. Mm. We talked all night long on the phone. And then same thing, then Saturday night, talked all night long on the phone. 
Okay. Um, and so then we set up a date for the next, and we talked about everything. Like, like my teenage daughter now is like, mom, that is not normal. That, that <laughs> like, that's not normal that it's not a normal thing for <laughs> like a guy to ask you out. And then you'd be like, well, you have to go to church with me. <laughs> And I was like, I didn't say it was normal. I just, that's yeah. what I did. Like, right. That's so you said that, so you did that with Matt too? Yeah, I okay. did. Okay. And he said, yeah, sure. I mean, I, he was brought up Catholic and okay. he's like, but I don't go to church anywhere now. So sure. Okay. So anyway, um, so church was not our first date, but the, we set up a date and it was going to be a double date with the girl who wanted nothing, wanted to have nothing to do with us to, mm-hmm. you know, but she's like, fine, I'll go on it cause you don't know him and that's weird. And <laughs> so, <laughs> so we went on a double date and the next Saturday night. And so he came through the bank that Saturday, like late morning before the bank closes. And he was like, we were going to go see Jerry Maguire. That was the date. We were oh, going to go to okay. Las Corrales in downtown Kansas city to eat and then go see Jerry Maguire. And so he's like, Hey, I'm going to go get the movie tickets. Um, do you want to go with me? We'll just go up there. You know, it's like lunchtime after the bank closes. And I was like, I was like, um, I don't know. I'll let you know. And so that I'm still like, I don't know this guy. Like, right. Should I just get in his truck and go? I don't know. And so, um, my friend was like, well, I guess I'll go with you. So you're not alone with them. And so (laughs) (laughs) we had had a little, Matt made a hell of an impression on that girl. Right. The three of us went to, uh, Sonic. Okay. So technically, I guess our first like pre-date was Sonic and to get the movie tickets. And then that night we went to dinner and the movie and we held hands in the movie. Oh, that was a big it. move. Big move. Mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And then you guys dated for how long before you got married? Uh, he proposed on our year anniversary. Wow. So February 13th, 1998. Mm-hmm. And then we got married May 1st, 1999. So a little wow. over two years. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And just to get back to the radio for just one second. No, that's fine. We're going to get back a, there anyway, but a, I felt like that was a, important. A fun little, like when he proposed at that time, um, I was working. I wasn't just an intern anymore, but I was obviously close with Shotgun Jackson, who mm-hmm. I had been an intern for. And so we, we both, because it was our anniversary, I called Shotgun and asked him if he would play a song for Matt that night during the Passion Phones, just thinking it's our year anniversary. Yeah. Matt called Shotgun and said, I'm going to propose to Jill tonight, so would you play this song? So he played my song first, and then when that song was over, he came back on and said, I'm hoping this is done at this point because I don't want to break the surprise. And he knew that it was going to be, he was going to have asked, but he goes, crazy enough, you know, and he says, this is, it, it this is my intern, the story. explains the story and says, and her, you know, boyfriend called and wanted to play her song because he's pre- posing tonight and so here's her song and and i have that on cassette somewhere oh no kidding yeah somewhere so did some did he oh jackson recorded it for you then oh okay cool yeah so that is so cool well okay and you guys have been married for how many years now 23 23 all right yep well i love it um okay so let's uh get back into um radio here for just a little bit so what do you recall about the departure of randy miller and then the transition to what eventually will become the q104 morning drive well 
Did you see this coming? I mean, was there no. little whispers behind closed doors or no. whatever? Like, so this was a shock. Yeah, it was a shock. And I thought I was done. I thought. I'm done. This is it. And again, like, I'm referring to Randy Miller being fired. Yeah. Randy Miller got fired. It was during, if anybody remembers the big ice storm in January, the end of January of 2002, mm. that's, it just, it had nothing to do with the ice storm. That's just when it happened to be like, I was talking to him on the phone, looking outside at the ice. <laughs> um, talking to Randy. Yeah. Talking okay. to Randy. And, uh, <laughs> so, I'm trying to think if I got a call that he was fired, if I was told in person. I think it was a call. Like, I think Mike called me. I wouldn't swear to that, and that's somewhat irrelevant, but I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I just assumed I was done also Mm. because it wasn't just Randy. It was everybody. Well, no, it really wasn't. It was just Randy and, and Dennis, the guy. Oh, who that's right. Cause there was Dave was, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah. yeah. And Dave stayed too. Um, so because I knew they were both, I just thought it's, it's going to be the show because mm. it's the Randy Miller morning show. Like it, I mean, I used my name, but it was the Randy Miller morning show and I was affiliated and he was, I just assumed I was out too. And I was just like, well, what a bummer. That was fun. You know, like, yeah. Um, but then I wasn't, and then I was relieved, but then I'm like, oh, what's he going to say about that? Like, that's all I could think was like, what's, what's Randy going to say? Yeah. What's, yeah. What's he going to say about me still being there? And did he say anything? Yeah. Um, we had a phone, a phone conversation. That's where I was looking at the ice and I, I don't. I don't remember. I mean, I do, but I don't like, I don't, I remember being on the phone with him and him. Um, was he not? So it obviously was not a pleasant conversation. No, it was not a pleasant conversation because so he, he guilted he you for of, staying. He cut right. He kind of, um, it was like, Oh, well, of course, of course you're going to stay. Of course you're going to. Yeah. Okay. And I'm thinking like, what else am I going to do? Yeah. Like I didn't, I wasn't the one that did anything wrong. Mm-hmm. And oh, this sounds so bad, but it is true. So I guess if it's true, um, the, the, the thing, one of the things that got him fired, but it would have been the most recent thing involved a contest on the website. Okay. You're struggling with this, aren't you? And, and I was involved. Part of my role was to, when we got pictures sent, I was to get them to the webmaster. Okay. Okay. So these, these, uh, pictures are coming in through email or they're actually uploading them through the website. No, 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 no. It would have been email. And I think even some were like mailed in pictures and then we had to scan them. Gotcha. Or get the physical picture to the webmaster. What are these pictures of? (laughs) (laughs) What are these pictures of Jill? These are, um, I mean, this is a radio promotion, right? Yeah, It's a radio promotion. Ladies who were wanting to have a boob job. Okay. All right. So they're basically showing their small boobies. Right. Okay. Right. And so I don't actually, 
because I forget negative things. Mm-hmm. I don't really remember. I don't know what the something wasn't done legally properly or something. I don't okay. know. Maybe just the photos in and of themselves. I don't know. Anyway, he tried to like not totally blame me, but he was like, well, you're the one that sent the pictures. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> um, did I have a choice? Like, yeah, I had to, you told me to do it. Right. Like, yeah, but, but you're sending the, where are you sending the pictures? To the the guy who did to the, the webmaster. Yeah. Oh, so he's posting nude pictures on the website. <laughs> okay, and so then people are voting on mm-hmm. whose small That's, boobies should was, get the boob job. That was the plan. Yeah. Oh, I don't. My I gosh. honestly don't remember how far that got. Okay. I'm not sure if it, and, and I don't know how that fell apart. Like I don't know if like three sets got posted and, and then somebody was like, "Wait, take it down." I changed my mind. Like I, I don't know mm-hmm. where the. The, the problem came. I mean, gotcha. it sounds pretty self-explanatory. There was probably something legal with like oh, yeah. waivers and, you know, we always had like, we always had waivers, but like, were they really? I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Okay. They, did they cover anybody for anything? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so then yeah. Randy, you know, okay. So you guys basically have a falling out and he's guilting you for staying, which at that point you're pretty much like, okay, well, thanks for the opportunity, but I'm not going to put up with this. I'm well, moving no, on. I didn't, I didn't get like, I, you weren't, in, you weren't immediately brought over to, oh, yes. to be retained. Yeah. Okay. Oh yes, yes, yes. But I, I didn't get like mouthy with him because at this point I'm now feeling like. I don't, I wasn't implying you're getting mouthy. I'm thinking psychologically. You're like, you're moving on. Like you're probably a little bit upset with the fact that he's even guilting you for leaving or for staying. I mean, I was because I'm in my mind, like everything that I ever did and had to do for the show, I had to do it. Like yeah. he wasn't my boss. But he was. Like, sure. Mike Kennedy was always my boss. Right. But Randy was in charge. And yes. if if I if I didn't uh if I, I don't actually know. Like if I had not done the broadcast at Cirilla's and not had mm-hmm. a remote vibrator on during the <laughs> broadcast, would I have would he have been like, We need somebody new? Yeah. I don't know. But I assumed I had to do that. I had never heard that you did that. Yeah, I also had to do the When Harry Met Sally scene at the Classic Cup on the Plaza. I did know that one. Yeah. I did hear about that one. Yeah. And I heard you performed it very well. <laughs> so kudos to that. Um, but so, all, but all those things, all I'm saying is all those things, like, I was like, that that was the job. That's what I had to do. And really, yeah. because because Randy was, um, he, was he had freedom to do that mm-hmm. somewhat. So mm-hmm. even though he wasn't my boss, my boss, Mike, didn't interfere if he didn't have to. Yeah. Because that just made things, that made everything smoother for everybody else. And so in a way, I really didn't really feel like I answered to Mike at that time. I answered to Randy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so when he's saying that stuff to me, I'm like, I don't, I, I'm a, I was like a kid with a parent. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I didn't know what to say. Yeah. And then, of course, Mike assured me that, like, he doesn't have any right to say that. He's, it's on him you're work. We want you, you were a part of that, but you don't have to be a part of that, you yeah, know? Yeah. So, so you quickly put it behind you. You talked about yeah. back in 2020, forgiving Randy. Yeah. Did he ever apologize to you? Like officially no, apologize? Uh, you know, I'd have to go back and watch that or listen to that. Just to, to I, I know that he kind of laughed and was kind of like, <laughs> well, 
thank thank you. <laughs> like I think it was kind of like I'm and I I I wish I would have thought that we might have been talking about this and I would have gone back to listen. I don't know if he I I feel like it was kind of like a he was surprised. Um, you would let me ask this then. Yeah. I think that you would know if he ever extended a heartfelt oh, apology. No, no, no. He never did. That's my point. Uh, no, and even in that, I thought you were asking about that moment. Like, No, 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 no. I'm saying oh, you, at that moment, you oh, did. No. You took the higher road oh, no. and, and forgave him for everything that he made you feel bad about. But did he ever, even if it was on a Facebook Live or on the air or even just in private, a text message, whatever, ever, ever, ever issue any kind of an apology, not even remotely close? Uh, the only reason I won't say no, absolutely not, is because if he, like I, I, he may have said something in that yeah. Facebook live, yeah. but obviously at that point I didn't need it. I don't need him to say, I'm sorry to forgive him. No, like I learned, I'm just asking yeah, the no, I, I'm just saying, so it really wouldn't have meant any more to me if he did. I just know that he was surprised by that and kind of like, okay, like <laughs> I it like, so I'm not saying I, well, the reason I won't say he didn't say I'm sorry, he might have said, okay, uh, I'm sorry. like Or right, like, you know, kind right. of make a joke about it. Sure. Because I think he was kind of taken aback. And I didn't even intend for that to be the case. I thought, I don't actually know what I thought. Like, I didn't intentionally, I didn't intentionally not tell him I was going to forgive him because I wanted to like stun him with this crazy mm-hmm. thing. I thought... I was doing it more from my background in radio of like some good content. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, yeah. And then like, he's going to be like, oh. like, yeah, he can't not, re- he can't like, I forget negative things. Maybe he forgets negative things. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, maybe he does. Maybe he really doesn't think there would be anything for me to forgive him for. Sure. But there was obviously some stuff there because Matt remembers it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Oh, there were and definitely so, things, yeah. So, I, look, the point was is that you had mentioned to him that you forgave him, and I was just curious if he, after all that he put you through. Not you that know, I recall. That you recall. Okay, fair no. enough. All right, so um, <laughs> we're going to take another quick break, all right? Okay. And then what I want to do is when we come back, I want to talk about the evolution of the Q104 Morning Drive And then a little bit later, I want to get into your faith. And then a little bit later, I want to make an announcement that I'm really excited about. How much time do we have left? Oh, my God. We're only an hour and 14 into this. It's all coming up next on the Papa Ron Podcast. The Papa Ron Podcast is brought to you by Dumar Solutions. Dumar Solutions, offering affordable chemical and PPE solutions for any industry. Automotive, industrial, manufacturing, concrete, and asphalt construction. Also offering kitchen cleaners, corrosion control, and specialty coatings. Detergents, cleaners and degreasers, laundry care, floor care, odor control, personal hygiene, and much more. Do more with Dumar. Inquire with any of your needs at DumarSolutions.com. That's D-O-M-A-R-E solutions.com. Now back to the Paparon podcast. Here's Ronnie Phillips.
Don't forget to check out Papa Ron Podcast on all your favorite social platforms. It can be found on TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram, and hopefully you'll have a reason to actually follow those platforms when I can get around to actually <laughs> producing some content for them, which I've really sucked at in the last three weeks. But um, hopefully that will change as things are starting to kind of slow down a little bit. Uh, an announcement coming soon here later in the show that uh, I want you to hang around for, so don't go anywhere. Um, Randy's fired, and they're going to retain you at Q104, and Mike Kennedy's coming back to the air to do the morning show as this. Am I, am I understanding yeah. this right? Yep. So Mike's going to kind of fly the ship, and uh, as we like to say, or fly the airplane is what we right. said back in the day. Right. Um, and then it's the, it was it wasn't actually called the Q one hundred four morning drive if I no. recall it was like the morning rush or morning something rush. like that and then there was yeah. some other radio station that was using that yeah. it was claiming to sue if you kept yeah. using that name in like North Carolina or something okay and like we had already you know we'd been using it for a while several weeks and already had all the production elements and everything made and yes. then you got to redo it all and so the, it all. so then it becomes the morning drive and who's the crew who's the crew right out of the gate. Immediately, it was uh, Mike and I, and then the person, like the other, the third person or the person doing the news, because we did news mm -hmm. again. We're old because news um, sometimes was Haas, mm -hmm. Michaels, I do and remember then that. sometimes was Luke. Luke was on for a while, Luke Dog. Mm -hmm. Luke Jensen. Luke Jensen, yep. Um, and. I mean, there so was that a, was that a position by committee, or was there a dedicated news guy, a dedicated third man, funny guy? Like, what did that look like? I mean, it was Mike and you, like you were the two staples, and then Haas and Luke just kind of interchanged. Yeah, uh, but I don't know that Luke. Maybe Haas did news every day. I thought Haas started off just, just to get it started. Cast. Yes, and then yeah. kind of being a part of the show, and, and then Luke came later. So then Luke came to be like the goofy guy, funny mm -hmm. guy. Um, yeah, I think that's right. And then I don't remember how long that lasted. Not very long. Mm -hmm. And then, and then Zeke came in to be the funny guy. And then it was like, well, I guess we're going to, at some point I moved over to do news. Like I was already doing traffic. Okay. And they're like, well, we should just put you in the news studio, which again, sounds ancient. Um, but the newsroom. And so you can do traffic from there, of course, and do mm -hmm. news. But were you doing anything other than just, I mean, you were still personality on the air, right? Like you were yeah. still interacting with the show because it seems like yeah. I remember, and I was working at two in Tucson, Arizona at the time, Okay, but naturally I was, you know, from the area yeah. and a huge fan of Jackson. So I was a huge fan of the station. Yep. I was a huge fan of the jingle package. I was a huge fan of Mark Driscoll. <laughs> like I was, I knew oh, everything. Mark Driscoll. Rest in peace, Rest man. In peace. I, I can't I believe that, that he just passed away a few weeks ago. Um, which he was the big ballsy voice guy, Q104. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the he best. he passed away, um, a radio legend. Anyway, I digress. I remember being in Tucson, and I would be on the air, and I would be surfing the internet, and yeah. like once a week I'd go to Q104KC.com. <laughs> and I remember seeing, oh, shoot, Randy Miller's not there anymore. What's going on? Yeah. And the picture of the morning rush okay. was not just three people. It was like a herd of people. Yeah. And I never really understood, nor did I ever ask in all of these years, never did understand like, what do, oh, how many people do you need on a morning show? What mm. was the deal with that? There was a little short blonde haired girl. I remember Anna. there was a, huh? Anna. Yes. And then, and a few others. And yeah. I was like, who, what do all these people do on that, a morning show? Yeah. I, 
That was all, that was a Mike thing. Um, and I think it was like, he didn't want it to, obviously it wasn't, it wasn't the Mike Kennedy morning show. Like it was, had been the Randy Miller morning show. It was the morning drive. And then, you know, like some of the imaging would say with Mike Zeke and Jillian Mm -hmm. and he wanted in those kinds of things, because by that time websites were a thing where people could see what you looked like. Cause yeah. think about how many years people for years, how would you, yeah. how would you know, unless you just saw him at a concert or something, what a radio DJ looked like. Yep. Um, and so he, like, I think it was important to Mike for all the players to get the acknowledgement. Gotcha. So, so there was a short time where Anna was part of the show of course, we still had Dangerous Dave. Yep. Um, and then we had a producer who did all the behind-the-scenes stuff, the jingles and the mm-hmm. parody songs and all that stuff. And he was Brad Olson. The imaging, um, yeah. Imaging, yeah. And so, yeah, I, I know this. I, I know the staff pictures you're talking about. <laughs> it's just like, this is the biggest morning show I've ever seen. <laughs> There's like six, seven people in this picture. Yeah, right. Anyway, so uh, and then eventually, so, so those people kind of over the course of time begin dropping off or weeding themselves out. Um, but the one thing that remained consistent through yeah. that time was Mike, Zeke, and Jillian. Yep. Aside from when you took your little hiatus, you know, to have a baby and yep. and just time off, but then, you know, ended up coming back. Yep. So um, any other memories, I guess, that that you can think of from that, just that whole transition? From the transition? Um- yeah. No, because like, I mean, it just very quickly changed from, and I, and when I say very quickly, I mean, within hours I'm thinking, and of course I'm kind of stuck at home because of the ice storm, because it's happened during the big ice storm. That's right. Um, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like what's, what's going to happen? Like I, mm-hmm. you know, and so because the, the ice was there, but we were getting more ice, <laughs> Um, and my husband was working out of town at the time too. So I was like, and I didn't like driving in bad weather. And so that night, so the, what would have been the first morning that we were going to be on, not with Randy, um, we got hotel rooms down near the radio station yeah, so that we could take our time getting there not be in any kind of morning traffic or whatever, make sure we're there on time. So we stayed up there, um, and then we were on and I was just like, that was the introduction to the first show was an ice storm, you know, spending yeah. the night in a hotel. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and, and still like, I mean, I, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure I had talked to Mike at some point, but I still didn't know, like, like I hadn't talked to him in person yet. Yeah. You know? So was there any kind of like, uh, fill in time like did mike have a plan ready to go like i don't know if he got fired on a friday on monday the morning rushes like i mean what what's what did that look like it was not a friday i would have to look back at like what day of the week i mean it was middle of the week but was it there had to have been some sort of time period where there was like somebody's just filling in for randy like he's fired he and dennis are gone until Mike understands what he's going to do or what this new thing is going to look like, there had to have been some sort of little time period there because you weren't even, you didn't even know he was going to get fired. So it's not like you can then the next day show up and be on this new morning show. Right. Well, I mean, I, I showed up and did what I did the day before. It just was with Mike and I mean, Dave was there and then 
I assume that I don't, I think that would have so, been hot. So it, it probably felt the same then, but it was just not branded officially. Right. And it's, we played a lot of music. We didn't talk like Randy yes. talked so much. Sure. Like it was a show. Yeah. Um, and it was like, yeah, we'll play a song if we don't have something to talk about. But then we, it was like heavy music and, and not addressing that he wasn't there. That was the next that, question. So that morning it was like, Hey, Mike Kennedy here. And, and I don't think he said in for Randy, you know, cause at that point it's not in yeah. for Randy. It's just, you know, so there was never very little talking. There was never any addressing like, <sighs> Hey, you know, like we're just kind of laying glove here for a second, but you know, now I don't remember if we, if we talked about it on the air. I mean, that was kind of the thing and it's still kind of a, a little bit of a thing with radio and TV. Like if somebody leaves, there's, I mean, you can find it now on the internet. Like you can look up, mm-hmm. Or whatever, but or social media, you're going to find out one way. Yeah, or the other. yeah, yeah. But I mean, back then it was like people would disappear off the radio, and you don't know if they got fired or just left. And are they still in Kansas City? Did they go to yeah. Tucson? Did they? Yeah. And same with TV. I mean, that still happens with TV now. Like sure. you'll be like, wait, wh- who's where did so and so go? You yeah. know. Um. So I don't think we. You never, about it. never, I mean, I mean eventually it came call, out. Yeah, yeah. And people would call and we'd answer those questions off the air, but I don't, I don't, I don't remember if we addressed it on the air. So what was the feedback like after a while when people kind of, kind of figured it out? Like they'll, they're like, okay, this has been going on for three weeks. Randy well, did not go on vacation for three weeks. We're like, is he fired? I mean, was it a 50 50 where like people were glad he was gone and, but like, well, what? I mean, initially, most people were, okay, Randy had a lot of listeners that didn't listen to the radio station except for him. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they, because he didn't play a lot of music, you didn't have to be like a country music fan. It wasn't like, oh, I just listened to that morning show because I listened to the station and I like country music and they play some country music. Like, he might play a song, you know, like four songs an hour. Right. But otherwise, it was talking and then they would be like, they might, it might be a country song. Mm-hmm. Um, ironically, he was the first person I heard the song. I can only imagine by mercy me because of him playing it on the air. At really? Yeah. Um, and so initially wow. the feedback during the morning was what's going on? Where's Randy? Like they wanted him back because yeah. that those specific listeners, that specific time of day, were for him, not for the whole station necessarily. Some were. Yeah. Um, and you know, then of course it's terrible, you know, like, yeah. we want Randy back, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, and we weren't trying to, we weren't, I mean, I wasn't doing anything different, but we weren't trying to be him. We weren't trying to do the same kind of show. We weren't trying to have interview book authors and right. numerologists and what are you psychics and sex therapists and all the things that like, you know, like, yeah. So we weren't trying to do that. Not at all. No. And then at some point, you know, those people, you were able just to weed those people out who grew up listening to Randy, but didn't really listen to the station. So they left. And then the people who actually listened to the radio station, you found really didn't listen. I mean, mean, there was probably some, there were some, there were some, some. Um, but then you, basically get to start fresh with a whole new audience. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're off and running. Okay. So here's where I want to go next. I want to get into your faith. I talked about in the beginning of the show that I have a great, a great amount of respect for your walk and, and your Christian faith. And I've been thinking about this for a while 
and I'm not real sure how to ask it other than just to be, and it's probably not going to come out right, but have you ever felt like in the entire time, and I guess I'll ask it this way too, because you talked about being at Cirilla's and then, right. you know, these naked pictures that you're getting these from women's, have you yeah. ever felt, you know, um, compromised in your Christian walk with the activity that you were doing working at the radio station? Sure. Yes. How did you deal with it? Um, or did you just ignore it like I did? I, I guess I ignored it, and I guess it depends on all that you're talking about. And it to, could be a variety me, of different things. Yeah. You know, like I'm just saying, like there were times where I felt challenged yeah. and sure. I was, anyway. Sure. Um, for me, all that stuff was part of the job. So in the same way that I was just like, well, I have to do that. Like, mm-hmm. and, and, and I was a kid and I'm not trying to like justify no, it, makes, but I, I was, a, I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And so you're asking me to I do it. the when Harry met <laughs> Sally scene in a restaurant live yeah. on the air. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I just had to, like, I didn't, mm-hmm. it was not an option to say no. And I didn't necessarily think of that as being like anything against my faith or, Mm -hmm. and I probably didn't even think anything about Matt hearing that over my parents. Like it was because I was, I mean, at that point I would have been married, I think by the time that happened, but I still, I mean, I got married when I was 19, almost 20. Right. So again, still a kid. Sure. And and didn't go straight from living in my parents' house to getting married, but almost like I moved out for a few months, mm-hmm. but so almost, I still, yeah. I mean, I still care what my parents think. Did they, now. did they hear it? <laughs> I don't know. I never asked. They don't, it never came I up. I don't want to know. It never came up. I know. Nobody said <laughs> that, that's how, All we, these that's years how later, we do things. That's how we do things. Still never came up. Okay. I don't um, know. So let's, um, I eventually want to get to the point where you depart from Q104 and we'll get okay. to that, but I yep. kind of wanted to just get off topic here a little bit. Yep. Um, where, where did you, was it your parents? Were they the influence of, you know, your Christianity? I mean, where did it all start? Oh when, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't remember not going to church. Like I grew up in church. Mm-hmm. So that was just what we did. Um, from the time I can remember, um, we went Sunday morning and sometimes would maybe go out for lunch with friends after church. And that would last long enough that we'd just go back to church for Sunday night service. Um, or maybe go to somebody's house for lunch for Sunday and then go back to church, you know, but Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night and whatever in between, if there was a special, you know, revival service on a weekend or, a special singing group coming in or, or we'd go to other churches for those kinds of events too. Um, until I was about mm, maybe 12 ish. And then we, my sister and I would just, most of the time they would just take us to church and drop us off and we'd go to church and then they'd pick us up and gotcha. you know, and I think at that point that was right after my mom had started going to college. So, my mom never went to college before um, and homeschooled us and so on and so forth. And then I think it was right about that time when I was 12, 11 or 12. Your mom is a judge or she was. was a judge. Yeah, she I mean, retired, retired. I understand. December, but yeah. 
Um, so she had no, she had no post high school education during the time that you kids were growing up. And then, I mean, to be a judge, you have to get a law degree. Yeah. So, so she, she became a lawyer after. Yeah. Wow. So she, she had my sister when she was 17. Your older sister? Mm-hmm, my older okay. sister. Um, so she had her GED. Okay. Cause she didn't do her senior year. She just took her GED, got married, had baby. Okay. Um, and then raised us. And so like, I mean, she worked, I barely remember her working outside of home only because my parents owned a gas station in Holden for a while, like a service at full service station. So dad worked in the back on cars and Mm -hmm. mom ran the front and came out and pumped gas and cleaned windshields. And, um, and, and I kind of, we didn't live there, but because they were the ones working, they were there from open to close. And so I, my sister, my older sister was enough older that she was in school. I wasn't in school yet. So I just went to work and I had kind of, there was a room in the back and I had a bed and toys and. That's where you hung out. That's where I hung out. Yeah. Yeah. Knew everybody that came in the gas station. And anyway, so they had that till, I think they sold it when my mom was pregnant with my younger sister. Okay. Um, And then after that, I don't remember her working outside of home. And so, yeah, she started homeschooling. That would have only been a couple years later that she would have started homeschooling. Uh, And then of course that's a. That's a full-time How old job. were you then when she went back to college? I am thinking I was in seventh grade. Seventh or eighth grade, I believe. Because we were doing algebra together. Okay. She was doing like the introductory college algebra class when I was doing like either pre-algebra or algebra one. So wow. we were kind of like, it, it, it worked out well. <laughs> Because we could like kind of help It's each so other. strange to hear though. Like you're yeah. seventh grade yeah. doing algebra with your mom. Yeah. Who's, you know. And it's not really, it's not going back to college. It's starting college. Starting so college. CMS, yeah. UCM yeah. now, CMSU at the time. Um, so she got her degree, I believe in political science and then went to law school at UMKC and got her law degree. How and, long did she, was she, uh, we're getting off topic again. No, but that's that, okay. What, how long did she go to college? Like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm only asking because, you know, you, you typically hear it takes about, you know, six to eight years yeah. for someone to become a lawyer. That's a good question. Um, I'm not sure. I know she graduated law school. We had a party for her and it was winter and I had, I, I determined things by my hair, my hairstyle. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> okay. Um, I think it was early 1999 based on my hairstyle. Okay. What would you have been doing in 1999? Cause she started in seventh when you were in seventh grade. So I'm trying yeah, to do 12, the math. Here. So if I was 12 or 13, that would have been like. 92, 93, somewhere around there. She did the time. 92, 93. Wow. Yeah. I just think that's so cool that that she, you know, obviously got um, married and had a baby at a very young age and did her responsibility for those children through that time. And then just didn't be like, oh, you know, she didn't give up on life. She didn't come become classic and say, oh, my time has passed. I'm too old to be doing that. No, she actually had some sort of goal or desire to pursue law. Right. Maybe not to be a judge at the time, but to be a lawyer. And then just through all the the course of life. And around my age, I guess, because you're 55. Or a little younger. 
around yeah. your age now. She would have not even been 40 yet, right? She's born in 55. So 95 would have been 40th birthday. So younger than me. Wow. A little bit younger than me. Yeah. But, you know, like she had a so, grown kid that like my do- my older sister had gotten married and yeah. Just really cool. Yeah. Really cra- crazy. Crazy so, so now cool. looking back going, huh? That's cool. My mom's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. You I know? think it's super cool. Um, all right. So your, your faith thing comes from your parents and, yeah. you know, obviously involved with the church, you're homeschooled. So you're not really subjected to a lot of outside influence. Is that fair to say? Right. As far as the, the, the evil peer, in the world. Peer pressure to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. do stuff and go places. And, so yeah. when, so, so, you know, you only know what you know yeah. when you're a kid, right? Life yeah. is pretty good. This yeah. is what I'm supposed to do. This is what church says I'm supposed to do like yeah. this one. Then you at some point get into the real world. And then I would think that there's some challenges. When did that, would you, do you recall when you had your real first challenge? You, if you don't recall, then you can say you don't recall. I mean, it was all of this. It was all so much at the same time. Okay. Because I started interning at the radio station six months. No, let's see, three, four, five months before I met my husband. So my okay. so start an internship at seventeen. A few months later, meet who I I don't know at the time I'm going to marry, mm-hmm. but who I'm going to marry. Like the first boyfriend. Like mm-hmm. I literally had gone on three dates before that. Mm-hmm. And none of them were boyfriends or anything like that. So um, all that at 17. And then it just like goes really fast from there. Right. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like it wasn't like a, I just didn't have a lot of experience in anything. You know what I mean? Like That's I didn't what have I'm a lot trying of, to get to. I didn't have a lot of work experience other than like trying some different jobs part time. Um while I was taking college classes and stuff and before the radio thing became full time, like, so in those couple of years where I was just doing that stuff on the weekends Mm -hmm. or whatever, um, I had an office job here and I worked at the Lee summit. Um, what was it called? EDC, like the economic development council, like right next to the chamber of commerce or at the train depot or whatever. I worked there for a little bit. I'm like, (laughs) so, so I get, let me ask little jobs. My vision is this. And you tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm picturing like this, this girl from a small town who's got, you know, great influence. Um, I've never, I don't, I think I've met your mom maybe mm-hmm. in casual, but yeah. I've definitely had several discussions with your dad Yeah, and um, great people definitely have met your younger sister, great person, yep. you know, so I'm thinking, you know, you've got this, you know, great surrounding this great environment. But I'm also thinking you're probably a little bit sheltered. Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? Yeah. So did you, what was life like when you were no longer sheltered? I mean, did you ever like, I'm thinking you're 17 mm-hmm. and you're coming to Q104. Mm-hmm. I love Shotgun Jackson, mm-hmm. but we know Shotgun Jackson. Yeah. As a personality. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it is this lifestyle and maybe his lifestyle then, maybe more so then than it is now. But yeah. like, you know, and look, I'm not here to judge because I, no, I have- know. I have a lifestyle that I lived, yeah. right? That I I am yeah. borderline ashamed of. Yeah. So, I guess my thing is, is you come in this where you not like going, whoa, what, 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 what is this? I, I don't even know, understand, or comprehend this kind of activity. I don't. I mean, yes and no. I guess because it was happening so fast, and it was, um, it was, go like you said, going from even working at the bank 
for a, a 16, almost 17 year old was a very, like, that's kind of a grown up job to have. Not mm-hmm. that there aren't other 16 or 17 year old kids that maybe work at a bank as a bank teller or whatever, but it was kind of a, like, I wasn't making hamburgers and I wasn't, wor- I wasn't working with peers. I didn't have anybody else that mm-hmm. was my age initially mm-hmm. that worked there. I feel like I was maybe kind of a guinea pig with that. Like, I don't know if we're going to hire a high school age <laughs> kid here. What? Yeah. Um, so I don't even know. It was kind of like the radio thing. I don't even know if I really realized what was going on or that it was, that it was abnormal, <laughs> not abnormal, but like, like, you know, the people in that, in that industry and those mm-hmm. like people in entertainment and I don't know, radio people are just a different yeah, breed and I, generally. And it's, it's, it was just being immersed in this like totally unpolitically correct, mm-hmm. unfiltered. unfiltered. I mean, you're filtered, really, you're, you're filtered on the radio. Sure. You can't say certain things on the radio. Yeah. But yeah, I, I was just like, Whoa, this is, this is the real world, I guess. And like, I, I, I don't know if I should say that. Does it matter? I don't know. Um, I, I mean, there were times where I'm like, should he say that? <laughs> I don't know if he should say that. Yeah. Um, but, but I wasn't letting it intimidate me mm-hmm. or, um, I knew that it, it didn't matter to me. Like if something was said, I, don't I guess what I was trying to get at is this. Well, first of all, let me just say this. Yeah. I kind of, I, I kind of made a, a suggestive comment and I want to like backtrack a little bit. Shotgun Jackson is a great dude. He's not a criminal. He's oh not my gosh, wrong. No. What I'm trying to say is, is that we as radio personalities at a certain yeah. time in our life live a very radical lifestyle <laughs> where it's party and it's just no cares in the world. And, um, is that, yeah, I, party, I just wanted to it, be yeah, careful very, the way. I, oh yeah. Cause when I said, but we know shotgun Jackson, I thought some oh. people are going to be like, Oh, Oh no, oh, no, no, no. There's nothing bad no. there no. other than we just, you know, like compared to the way you were brought up and the way right. we know he is or was at that time, just a party and fun, loving, yeah. crazy radio personality like no filter guy that there's two extremities and personalities there right i had never i i learned lots of things lots of phrases and words yes that i honestly had never heard before (laughs) that's my point (laughs) right and 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 yeah i mean if i'd been in school public school i'm sure so it probably wasn't new to like most 17 year olds Mm -hmm. um yeah okay Anyway, yeah. but yeah, I, I no, just find definitely it nothing like I find it. I find it that really cool bad. that you didn't allow all of that to refrain you or pre- prevent you from moving forward with the radio career. And because I was wondering if there was just like hesitation, like, oh, my gosh, oh, this is not like the, oh, well, this is too much. And uh, well, you no, know. because I mean, and, and I mean, you think about like I was going to the Beaumont Club to concerts mm-hmm. well before I was legal to be to be there. Because I worked there. And so yeah, yeah. I would walk in with whoever sure. that was, and they would just be like, oh yeah, she's with the radio station. She's with the radio station. And I mean, they probably still should have carded me, but they didn't. I never had a fake ID mm-hmm. or anything. And so I was like, I can be in this, I can be here and not be doing anything wrong mm-hmm. other than I was there illegally. I mean, that if you want to get technical, I was, yeah. shouldn't have legally been there. Right. 
but I didn't really do anything. You're employed. Uh, right. I didn't ever, I, that I remember, I wasn't like, oh yeah, I forgot my, I mean, I might have at some point if they asked me for my ID. I might have said, oh, I left it. I, <laughs> what? I work, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. But um, yeah, I was like, I can do this. I can do the job mm -hmm. and not compromise my self. Yeah. Or just because, you know, just because I'm an intern doesn't mean I have to be Monica Lewinsky. Or, that, and I mean, not that, that that ever, that never, I know, literally <laughs> never came up. But I mean, those jokes get made. They still get sure. made. They still get made. Really? I mean, just somebody being dumb. <laughs> gotcha. Especially back then in the 90s. You yeah. Know, so. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you're, did you ever your faith being as, as important to you as it was, did you ever, um, did you ever feel like you were falling away from it as you were getting more immersed into the real world and away from homeschool life under being your, your parents roof and your parents influence? Did you ever feel yourself falling away from it to where then you had to kind of bring yourself back? I mean, I'm not going to say that I never did anything like, like I'll just use this as an example. And, and some people may think that just drinking in and of itself is bad. Some people may think that being drunk is bad. It just depends on what your viewpoint is on all of mm -hmm. that. Right. So mm -hmm. I'm not going to say, say this and have, say this is what I was necessarily thinking. Um, but I was okay with drinking. Like I am okay with drinking. Like, mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't feel like I ever compromised my faith. Now I, I was around things mm -hmm. that I knew, but I just kept my distance. Yeah. You know, I did. That's didn't. good. Yeah. No, I mean, I wasn't trying to, there wasn't a trap question. Yeah. No, I know. I was just curious if, because I have, Yeah. I mean, I guess that's more so asking yeah. because I've, I, you know, I growing up was the, nobody knows this, but, um, you know what FCA is? Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Yeah. In senior in high school, I was the president of the FCA in our little chapter. I did not know that. Nope. I don't really go around flaunting that. Um, but I, Impressive. Uh, by, I, you know, I, there was a time when my faith was important to me. And then yeah. somewhere down the road, it wasn't that I didn't, I stopped believing. Yeah. But I stopped caring. You know, I stopped, oh, I started caring more about myself and what was there was no cultivating that or growing that no, you were like, yeah, no. I got it. I'm good, but I'm going to have a good time. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then as I get older, I do what I want. I, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly how I was, but yeah. you, but you never really had those. Um, I didn't really have, I mean like, because everything happened at the same time and I was so young, like there, not that I couldn't have sown wild oats mm -hmm. while I was married. Mm -hmm. I could have done that, I guess. Mm -hmm. I just, didn't yeah that, that's what I mean not that there weren't opportunities or like scenarios that could have ended yeah you know badly well that's good that's good now so. do you let's let's like transfer from there then because I'm curious to where your faith is today post radio okay. so before we get to that yeah let's get to the end of radio okay um Mike leaves the radio station Yep, and, and is retired at this point, right? Yep. He's not officially gone on to anywhere else. He's retired. Um, I think at that point, somewhere towards the end, Allie was let go or she, or her contract. 
wasn't renewed or they couldn't agree to terms on, on a contract. And so she right. walks, is that right? Yeah. Within, um, hers and, and I don't, I won't remember all the exact dates and numbers, but hers and, and Zeke's contracts both were up within, I think within a month of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, which seems crazy to let happen, but I'm, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And then I wasn't under contract at all. Okay. I hadn't been for quite some time. And I didn't really, I didn't really want to be like, yeah, I didn't want to be, and they didn't care to have me be. So I'm like, why be tied down? If you were kind of in a unique situation because you were, you, you had a, you, you had a special position and it was, it was almost like you were needed more than you needed it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, yeah, that makes sense. Maybe Mike in, in the, the image of the station needed Jillian more than you needed Q104. And so for you to come back when you were completely content with being a stay-at-home mom, it would require that you did the show from home. Yeah. Didn't have a contract. Right. You know, some of these things. You yeah. know, maybe not have to be at every single concert. Right. Have the weekends off. You yep. know, like, so yep. like, hey, Mike, if you can work with me on these things. Yeah then yeah, I can come back to the radio station. Yeah, so yeah, that's probably why that. you didn't have a contract. Yeah. Just so that the people listening have yeah. some understanding. Well, why didn't she have a contract? Right. I didn't really want one and they didn't really they didn't make care you. if I had one. And and so. that's kind of the big deal because typically they were, they, they, they being Mike didn't care that you didn't have a contract, mm-hmm. but they always cared to have everybody else under contract. Right. So that's why everybody else was under contract. Yeah. I just want to make sure the people who are listening who aren't familiar with radio understand, well, like, why would they not care that Jillian had a contract but care about everybody else? Right. Well, that's why. They wanted Jillian more, or they needed Jillian more than Jillian needed Q. Um, And that's really the only other way I can put it that registers and makes sense to Yeah, that makes sense. Um, So then what point are you getting unhappy and deciding that, like, um, I kind of want to be done here? Mm -hmm. Um, well, Mike leaving was really hard. Like that was, and I mean, I, I, I was fully aware at the time and I'm still fully aware at the time that I've, um, I mean, some people will call it luck. I don't, I don't believe in luck. Um, I believe that, that <clears throat> my being there in the first place at, at Q104 was all meant to be. It's, I mean, you've heard, it's a, it's kind of a crazy story, kind of like, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. how'd that happen? Um, and being able to say I had this, the same boss for 20 years, crazy. Like that doesn't happen, especially in radio. That doesn't happen. Like, nope. so for, for, for me to have, you know, a first time job in radio in a pretty big market, not like top 10 or anything, but. Mm-hmm. And have the same boss, like that's that's a big deal. So he leaves, and I mean, like you know, I'm devastated. I'm like, what am I gonna do? Well, like I didn't think I was gonna leave or anything. I'm just like, Ugh. like, and and I was again fully aware then, fully aware now, that it wouldn't matter who came in, in his place, they weren't gonna be him. Right. They couldn't be him. My expectations are him. Right. And that's all I know. And um, so that was gonna be hard for whoever, you know. Mm-hmm. So it didn't really matter who, who was in that spot. It was going to be hard. I knew it was going to be hard for me and I was going to have to like give a lot of grace that like they can't be him. 
they're not going to be him. They don't mm-hmm. want to. I mean, maybe they, they may want to be him in the in the respect of like looking up to him and being like, wow, he was, you know, has this had this amazing career, blah blah blah. But they may not either. They yeah. may be like, hey, I'm whoever it is. I'm established. This is how I do things, and this is how we're going to do it. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so knowing that wasn't going to be easy, and um. I mean, it wasn't like it was awful and fighting and stuff all the time. Um, it just was very different. And it actually wasn't really, I mean, there were a handful of issues, like instances. Was the new PD hired yet when you left? Oh, yeah. Okay. I oh, wasn't yeah, yeah, sure yeah. how long he was there. Or- yeah, I mean, um, he I, he was almost right away. Like okay. I think Mike retired, like the official, like not here anymore was like the end of 2016. I think then the new guy came in January okay. of the next year. And then, but then Mike stayed on consulting. Yep. He just wasn't there. Right. Um, for a while. And so how long did you stay at the radio station after Mike left? Um, he would have been the end of 2016, and then I left in September of 2019. So a couple so almost, of years. Yeah, almost three, three years. years. Yeah, wow. Well, three years. I, I actually, I guess, didn't realize that you did stay that long after yeah. Mike left. Yeah. And and that it, like, it wasn't like it was awful and horrible, and it was just different. And, and, and I'm, I have zero interest in, in trying to make it sound like it was about one person. Cause it wasn't just about the person that took over for him. Yeah. It really wasn't. I, kn- I th- kind of thought that initially, Yeah, but it wasn't that <laughs> it was more that. I don't want to make it sound like I'm saying bad, like bad things about people that are just trying to do their job and they're doing it how they know to do it. Because I really do think that that's a lot of what it was. <clears throat> but Mike, as far as I knew, and I, I, there's always room for me to not know about things, but as far as I knew, as far as I know, he d- does everything with such a level of integrity. Um, and so not everybody does that. Mm-hmm. Actually, most don't. And so the person coming in was maybe not going to not just handle things the same, but not handle things with that level of integrity. And also because Mike had been there so long, he had kind of a handle on even the upper management mm-hmm. that was above him. Does that yep, make sense? Yep, yeah. And And I honestly think that he probably kept some of the, and I'm going to say like junk or crap from upper management. He kind of filtered it from ever really getting to us. Okay. Because he kind of shut it down or, or just handled it and took care of it. Yeah. And it never, he was like a sieve. It never made its way to us. And then again, probably wasn't going to matter who came in. Wasn't going to handle it the same way. Didn't have decades of, clout or whatever you want to call it. And, sure. it, and so there was just lots of junk. Negative energy. 
I mean, yeah, I guess. And I didn't even realize, like, when I started talking about at home, when I started talking about, you know, maybe being done and, like, is this crazy and, you know, am I overreacting? And Matt was like, you're, I mean, you're not, you're not really enjoying this anymore like you used to. Like, the daily, Mm -hmm. like, being on the air every day. Yeah that time of the the entertainment part of it being on with the new mic and you still Mike Zeke and Jillian, but to be on with them and and have a good time and laugh. And, Mm -hmm. but then anything else outside of that, not anything. I mean, concerts were still fun and that kind of thing, but it was just, I don't know. Started to feel more like a job. I guess, which some, some people could say, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you had this amazing job (laughs) that didn't feel like a job for like, I think it's okay to say that time just runs its course. And that's really what it was, that I didn't fit there anymore. Yeah, I think like it's okay the, to say. The way that it the way that it was and you can say that that was because of Mike or for maybe, you maybe that's for too, you it was. For me I guess for me ultimately that's what it was. Yeah. Or Which just, doesn't speak disparagingly against anybody who's there now, right. who people, the right. morning show that's there now, the, right. you know, the, the program there that's there now, sure. right. great people, great individuals. It's just, you had been there for so long and you had worked a certain inside a certain culture and done things a certain way. And for you to be able to continue moving on, anything outside of that was just going to be foreign. And, and you didn't really need it to just keep, didn't. Yeah, yeah. It just didn't fit anymore. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So that's And if you're not happy, you got one shot at life. Go be happy, you know? Yeah. So you you do decide to leave and mm-hmm. um it was kind of unexpected. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And and so was there any pushback or any negativity or any I don't know, negativity from from anybody at the radio station that was currently working there with the way that you decided to leave or or how you left, you know, by doing it on the air and, and, and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. So I had, I almost quit six months before that. So I almost quit in. Because of a certain reason? Because yeah, I was, yeah. And it sounds like kind of crazy to say now. I mean, it kind of felt crazy at the time. I was like, am I overreacting? This is crazy. And I, you know, am I just mad at the situation. Um, but it was over Mike Evans being let go Mm. from his spot on the show and how that was handled and how, what, I mean, we weren't the boss, we weren't running the show, Mm -hmm. but how, what we wanted wasn't considered, didn't seem fairly factored in and considered again, we're not the boss. We're not, we're not making the decisions. We're not Mm -hmm. writing checks. We're not, you know, yeah. Um, anyway, so um, I didn't like that that it happened, how it happened, how we had to handle it on the air and off the air. I didn't like any mm, of that. Gotcha. And so, but I didn't leave. I was like, okay, I don't want to. It didn't feel right. Like I at that at that point in my life, I'm not saying like, oh, at that point in my life, I had become this perfect Christian <laughs> and I did all the right thing. I mean, yeah. that's 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 never going to happen. That's never yeah. going to be. Um, but I had, I had reached a point where I knew that I needed to, like I was in a routine of praying every day and, pr- and praying about anything and everything and knowing that, you know, some people might say, oh, God doesn't care if Mike Evans is on. Well, okay, right. But he cares that I 
that I surrender my life to him, everything mm. that, so every decision I have to make, every mm. problem I'm having, every whatever, um, and not just problems, good things too. And so I, as mad as I was and as justified as I felt I was, and mm. I was like, oh, and I was kind of already getting there anyway. Like this is just, ugh, it just doesn't fit good anymore. I don't yeah, Don't fit. you think like, that maybe that decision probably <laughs> wouldn't have been as impactful and to the level of what it was if you already didn't, if you already didn't have kind of the negative juices flowing oh, inside. Probably. Oh, probably. Oh, sure. Know, that yeah, just yeah, yeah. amplified it. Sure. Right. And it was all, yeah, it was all, that was just, that was the process. Yeah. Um, but so I was like, oh, I don't want, I don't want to leave mad. Like I'm going to cool off. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so I did. And then, um, yeah. And then it was just, so there wasn't another event then that happened six months later that pushed you over the edge that said, okay, now I, don't I am done. I don't think so. I just think it was, I'm going to take time to really think about this and really pray about it and really try to get like a solid answer and not in the heat of a moment because I didn't want to do it in the heat of a but moment. But your decision, did it have anything to do with the timing of when no. Allie and Ze- Zeke were doing their deal? Mm-mm. Okay. Nope. So um, had there been any pre-medit? So my, is Mike doing anything with the wolf yet uh-uh. when you're still, when you're getting uh-uh. ready to walk away? Had you had any conversations with Mike about walking away to where he's saying, hey, I might be going over here to the next radio station and... I never thought Mike would come back to radio ever. Yeah. Now, I the entire time he was gone, every time I would see him, which, you know, might be every few months, like at a concert or something, um, or we'd go have lunch or whatever. Every time I would see him, so every few months for three years, two and a half years, I would say, you know, he would he would talk about, oh, I'm I just get up and play with the dogs and you know, he's Living the retired life, doing yeah. what he wanted, playing golf when he wanted, whatever. And I'm like, he's too, he's too, like, he can't just, he can't do that forever. So I'm like, he's going to do something. Like, he's, he'll, mm-hmm. I never thought it would be radio. Certainly never thought it would be radio in Kansas City. I thought, oh, he'll probably end up moving to Nashville. That's you know? what I thought would happen. End up at a record label, record label or a consulting mm-hmm. something or, I, I don't know, something. But anyway, so every few months I would just say, do you have us a job yet? And I mean, I was, I was serious. Like it was kind of a Joey'd laugh, but I was serious. I'm like, you, I don't know. I don't know what you're going to do. I don't have to know. I just want to work with you. Yeah. I want to work for you. Like, yeah, that's, that's what I want to do. And I never, never thought that would be radio. So anyway, turns out that was what he, you know, was going to come back and do, but I didn't, I didn't know that. Like, I didn't know that. You know nothing about that at the time you said, peace out, Q104. But then there are conversations that take place later. Right. When he does come back. Right. And I think by the time, you know what? I think he might have been back by the time. I'm trying to think. Now you're not sure. Now I'm not sure because I left the end of September and I thought he started after, like right after Labor Day. I don't know. Anyway, one didn't really have to do with the other. Okay. Um, I think it was more of like, hmm, well, that could turn into something, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. interesting. But but it was a lot, like it was a long time coming for me. Like I was having conversations with, and I don't really know why I chose that date in particular. I don't, I don't know if I was just like, I'm just going to pick a date. And it was a Monday. Um. 
But I remember for those weeks leading up to that, talking to a good friend of mine who I felt like gave wise counsel, um, was, you know, has a strong Christian walk. Um, so I could talk about it in all kinds of aspects with that person, um, that advised me and, and, um, kind of helped process things, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, I think by the time I left, I think he was back in the game, but that decision was already made. It was just, for me, it was a matter of when. Mm-hmm. Um, so when, I guess, let me ask this then. When you walked away from Q104, you were done with radio. You were pretty much like this. I'm done with Q104. Maybe if an opportunity presents itself, but you're thinking Mike's pretty much, you know, retired, I guess, or, or I guess you just well, said you thought he was back. And now, anyway. and, yeah. And now let me, let me just say Now that I think about the dates, I, I do think he started sometime right after Labor Day. I must have decided not for any particular reason, the end of September or that particular date, but I do know that I took off the week, either the week leading up to Labor Day or the week after Labor Day took that week of vacation and like Matt and I went on a little trip to Nashville and cause I was like, well, I don't want to lose my, mm-hmm. you know, like selfishly, like I didn't take all my vacation days. Like I didn't milk the whole thing. Cause I'm yeah. like, oh, it's not that big of a deal, but yeah. you know, like that's a chance to get away and yeah. you know, still get paid at least yeah. some of my vacation money. Sure. Um, so yeah, but I didn't know about, one didn't really have to do with the other. Okay. I just thought, huh, that's crazy timing. That cause because I was feeling like it was all meant to be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that this is the time. This was feeling like the right time for me to leave. I'm not I'm not mad anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm not it's not that I'm not still mad about Mike Evans. I'm not still mm-hmm. mad, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um and and then yeah, so then I hear that he's coming back. And I remember thinking that's crazy. But like, yeah. there's already, I mean, they, they full staff there. So I'm like, well, it's, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's not really going to matter. It just like, huh, what if like, yeah, that's kind of crazy. So, so what if becomes a conversation? Yeah. Quite a, quite a long time later, because, um, even though you have a six month, like, even though I didn't have a contract, there's still like an unspoken non-compete, I guess. Mm, yeah. So, um, yeah, so I, I couldn't have done anything if I wanted to, like I For couldn't what, six have, months, six months. Yeah. So I left September 30th. Uh, that was my last day. So like October 1st was the next day. So like April 1st, basically would have been my six months of 2020 of 2020, which was right after COVID. Right. So, um, so we, we had, we had talked like I hadn't signed a contract, obviously. Mm-hmm. Right. But we had talked salary and lot you know, like basically all the details other than paperwork. Yeah. Um and then yeah, COVID happens March thirteenth. Everything shuts down two yeah. and a half weeks before my non compete would have been up and um yeah. So that kinda Well, we have to expand on that. The company yeah. Puts on a hiring freeze, right? Nationwide, right? So all of this premeditated discussion and plans, yeah, all and the everything. talks that we had, where we're talking about salary and mm-hmm. how how things are, 
maybe possibly going to play out if mm-hmm. we, you know. Um, How was that going to play out or can you say? I, I actually don't know. Oh, so you didn't have that conversation? I did not. No. Okay. So you just basically talk salary then. Mm-hmm. You were going to come back, but you didn't know what it was going to look like. Right. Other than maybe one other person, right? Right. So you kind of knew some of what was going to happen. I kind of knew some. I kind of Or knew if what you're I just not thought. comfortable talking about it, you can no, just say it. No, I'm to comfortable come. talking about it, but I really didn't ask because I, I wasn't, I didn't know what all was involved. So the plan was you and Zeke were going to come back. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's all you knew. That's all I knew. Okay. And then COVID happens. Right. Zeke can't come back because he wasn't hired back right away. Right. And right. then eventually once COVID kind of works itself out, um, some things are moved around to where Zeke could come back. Mm-hmm. But then, Yeah, Mike, I think they're officially their hiring freeze was on for like over a we're year. We're talking about the wolf, by the way. The wolf, we're talking yeah. about 6.5. And so that would be intercom slash odyssey slash whatever they are, yeah. you know. Yeah, nationwide. But. So then is that kind of Mike's last hurrahs to try to get Zeke back before he retires again? Because he wasn't there much longer after right. Zeke is officially back on, like maybe right. a year, maybe. Uh, well, Zeke was on for a long time. He's filling in here and there, right? right. Basically working for Bef- free. Right. Yes. Before he was really. Officially had hired. A, had a gig. Had for, a, for, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know what the timeline was. I'm trying to think. It might have only been a few months mm-hmm. and um, there was one point where, and I know, I know it was St. Patrick's day of 2021 and something was said. And I said, where, I, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Something, where were you at when something was said? Was this, so Rudy's. you're okay. Rudy's. So you're doing a St. Patrick's day type of show. Uh, no, not a show. It was just after the parade, just hanging out. Oh, you're just eating. hanging out. Mm-hmm. Okay. And something is said at Rudy's in a environment of 106.5 The Wolf. Uh, I'm trying well, to. I'm I mean, trying yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was. Yeah, it was staff. I. I was. It was like Mike and Zeke and I were sitting there, and there were lots of other people around. Um, but nobody's like really. I don't even know if there was if the hiring freeze was off by then. I don't think it was. Okay. Because I think it lasted over a year. Um, but I basically told Mike, I said, I don't want you to get me hired and then leave. Mm. I said, I don't know what's going on. I had then stopped you're asking. Just re- redoing everything you just did. I ha- I had stopped asking like any news, any whatever, mm-hmm. like still hiring for, because it was, it was eating me up inside. Like it was sure. literally tearing my heart out. So, I was like, I'm going to stop asking because that has to be hard for him too, to feel that pressure of me asking and him not really having an answer. Yeah. So I just said, do not like do whatever you have to do or talk whoever into whatever. Don't, don't get me hired. If you're, if, if you're just going to leave, oh. I don't want that. 110% don't want that. Okay. Makes not sense. worth it to me. Makes sense. And so, and, and I had already stopped asking for updates for the most part. And I continued to stop asking for updates. And then, so that was March. And then I think he left in November. So So, what was said at Rudy's? 
So we, we started talking about no, that's the, so that's what that's what was that's what was said is is he was talking about he was he oh. wasn't really giving any specifics because it wouldn't have been like him to talk about too much business stuff he shouldn't talk about but I could tell things weren't going how he wanted them to go gotcha and, I thought and, you meant somebody else like every, another coworker oh, no, no, no. said something oh, no. oh Jillian's hanging around they Mike's no, probably no, gonna no. hire nothing no nothing um, nothing juicy like that okay. just like obviously you know at that point a year later you're like is it really COVID? are we still yeah. is there, are we still not hiring or you know, doing is he still not getting mm-hmm. to do what he wants to do and make changes or, or move people around or whatever because of COVID? because this is a year later yeah and so you know i could tell he was frustrated and like not that he was like i'm on my way out the door you know but like i just was getting a feeling and i was like time out yeah I don't know. I'm not asking. I'm not asking if you're yeah. leaving soon or planning on leaving. Don't get me a contract. Yeah. Because it would have it would have been a contract. Sure. With them for sure. Yeah. Probably. Uh, I don't. I mean, I don't know. At least a year, if not three. Could have been five. I guess. I don't know. I don't know what's probably typical. at least three. Yeah. Uh, I said I don't. I have zero interest. Yeah. So. Yeah, to be on. I mean, I'm assuming it was a morning show discussion, or to be on the morning show. So they're gonna they're not gonna do it for a year. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's gonna be more than that, probably three. Right. So um, then, at some point, you have to come to grips. You know, what I else realized? I just I start. I I got this crutch where I go. So oh yeah. So I've been listening to some of these podcasts. When I go back and listen to them, I'm like, gosh, dang, I say so, and then I just caught myself doing it again. Anyway, it's okay. I digress. So, so um, you, I'll do it for you. So you um, you didn't come to grips with the fact that you know what you thought was going to happen isn't going to happen, and yeah. you've got to get over it and move on. Yeah. And was that hard? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Did it take a long time? Yes. Yeah. And yes. and how? So talk about that, and talk about maybe how your faith helped you through that, and maybe how your faith has gotten stronger since then, being out of radio and just not you know, right. Having to rely on, you know, to, to lean on him to push you through that heartbreak. Right. So like I kind of explained earlier, um, that my leaving was a slow, it was like a slow burn, right? Mm -hmm. Like I wanted to leave when I was mad in March of that year. And then I'm like, ah, give some time. I'm going to pray about it. I'm like, really take my time. Don't want to do anything in a rash decision. Right. So, right. um, then when I'm have made the decision and it's like, it's for sure, it's just a matter of kind of a matter of when and I'm kind of thinking, okay, well it would make sense to, you know, I'll use a vacation, like all I have the stuff I said before. And then Mike comes back. And so to me, that seemed like, that's kind of like, like a, like a cherry on top of the answer, like, mm-hmm. because maybe that could turn into something, right? It's like the stars were all aligning. Yeah. Like, right. Or like, oh, God's like going, yeah, this, yeah. this is, this is like a little, little mm-hmm. glimmer of another little answer that yes is the right, or that goodbye is the right thing. Um, and again, that wasn't that I, that the, any plans were made. It was just, that's crazy. Like I never would have thought he would come back to, to radio mm-hmm. in Kansas City. Like, what if something could work out? 
Um, and I'm done, you know? So, um, so that seemed promising. And then when that seemed like, oh, you know, however, however long later after that, when I'm in that six months and it's like, oh, this is a possibility. Oh my gosh. Like, see, it was meant to be like, this is perfect, you know? And then it was kind of going to be funny because it was going to be April 1st, which is April fool's day. Like, like we could even make this like a, like a funny joke, you know? Um, and again, I didn't know how that was all going to play out and COVID and all that. So, um, anyway, it didn't obviously after a long time. And so that was frustrating. And because there was so, I mean, you know, you know, COVID like had everybody not believing anything really, or not knowing what to believe. That's probably not that. And I'm not, don't even, yeah, don't even try to imply that I'm implying that COVID isn't real or anything. That's not what I mean. I just mean that. No, what you're implying is, is that it was a a time where there was a lot of confusion and nobody knew what to believe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, whether it was some conspiracy theorist and you're like, all of it seems far-fetched, like all of it seems crazy, Yeah. you know? And so there was just so much uncertainty. And then for, so then for what I'm dealing with in my personal life and career to to feel so up in the air because of all this. Like I was blaming that. (laughs) I can relate to that. Now I can look back and say, well, that was the timeline of all of it, but it wasn't going to be a good situation because I think regardless of COVID, I don't think it was going to be a good situation. Like I, I, and I don't, there's no way for me to know. Mm -hmm. There's no way for me to know if, um, if it would have worked out, if I would have gotten hired, if it would have been a good fit, if Mike would have stayed, who knows? But, um, I don't think all of his frustration and I don't know because I didn't ask because it's not my business. Like it's not my business why he left and what he was dealing with specifically. Um, I don't, I'm assuming that wasn't all COVID related. Just an assumption. As far as whatever he was dealing with that was yeah. causing him frustration yeah. to cause him to leave. Maybe it was, oh, I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just saying like, if, if I, if COVID had happened two weeks later, or three weeks later and I had started mm-hmm. and had signed a contract, well then I, I'm stuck. I mean, I guess they could have bailed on their contract on their end of it. It's usually how those contracts work. I know, I know. But but I did think about that. It, early on, I was like, oh, just like two weeks. That's all. It was, or three, whatever. It was two and a half weeks. Two and a half weeks. And I could have maybe had a contract signed and maybe been like set. Yeah. But so two and a half weeks. Let me ask this. You were heartbroken. You were, I don't know, traumatized might be a bit aggressive, but you were obviously consumed in thought. Yeah. Frequently yeah. of this whole deal. Um, what was it that you were yearning for? Was it, I mean, was it to be on the radio? Was it to have employment and be making money? Was it to work with Mike? I mean, was it, I guess it could be all of that, but I mean, you were, I, I sense that because the reason I asked this, because the Jillian that I know at one point in time was ready to give it up. She didn't need the radio. The right. radio needed her 
more than she needed the radio because you were going to be a stay-at-home mom. Right. That's what you always wanted to do. Right. But at some point, you're like, yeah. now you're at a place where I feel this like deep, burning desire to get back in it. Like yeah. you don't want to be the stay-at-home mom. You want to be on the radio. You right. want to get back in. What happened there? Well, I never really thought about it that way. I mean, you're right. That's that's all very much correct. The old Jill, I would have known, say like, you know what? That's okay. I'm good with being at home. Right. And being a stay-at-home mom. Because I did it. And but you they were wanted ob- me back. And I yeah. came back. And but, but you're sharing with me that you were, you, it was tough. It was hard. And you were heartbroken. Right. I guess because at that point, and again, I've never thought about this. So I'm processing what you're saying, mm-hmm. how, you, how you see it. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't thought about it that way. Um, I guess at that point... I had reached a spot where I could manage it all. I could work. I mean, it wasn't full-time. It wasn't 40 hours a week, mm-hmm. but it was a full-time job, a salary, mm-hmm. insurance. Well, actually, yeah, it was a full-time job. Um, I could manage that because I was doing it at home. And a lot of people didn't know that, but the last five years I was doing the radio show. I was at home. Everybody else was at the radio station. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could literally, if I needed to roll out of bed at five forty-five. Yeah. Didn't, I mean, it never mattered what I looked like on the radio anyway, but <laughs> I mean, I could literally like, but you still had to come to the station clothed. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. And it was an almost an hour drive from where I live. So right. that was a huge benefit to me, not only for gas money, but yeah. time and mm-hmm. my kids being home and homeschooled, like yeah. that was huge. So I could roll out of bed at whatever time and walk to the other side of my house and flip like four things on mm-hmm. and I'm ready to go. Yeah. And in on commercial breaks, if I need to go up and check on the kids or whatever, do that. And yep. I mean, it was perfect. Perfect. So I could manage, I could manage all that. So I was contributing to the family money wise, mm-hmm. but also doing my family the way I wanted to do it. You know, I was home. I could homeschool them. I, I could do it all. And I was making it work. Um, And so I guess that's what it was. And then because of Mike, Mm because I wanted to work with him again, um, which I just recently was reminded (laughs) of a time way back. This would have been after Mike left. And I don't know what I was thinking about. It was probably maybe one of the times that I had jokingly or not jokingly said to him, Hey, when are you going to yeah. get us a job where I can work for you? Sure. Doing whatever. But I can remember being in that, in the room that I did the radio stuff from. And I remember a thought coming into my head that was like, you're never going to work for Mike again. That's not going to happen. Mm. And I just thought, I just thought that was like just a thought that was like in my head. Cause I was like, oh, well, that's a bummer thought to have. Like, why, <laughs> yeah. why would I have that thought? Yeah. I wouldn't have that thought because I want to. Yeah. So where'd that thought come from? And so I was like, that is like, is God telling me I'm never going to work for my kid? I don't, I don't know. That was weird. Like yeah. I didn't really think anything about it. And then when I was, and so this is probably like, you know, definitely over a year, maybe two years later when I am reaching this slow burn of leaving and then it's for sure coming. I'm leaving sometime soon. 
and I, you know, set a date or whatever. And then Mike's come and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get to, but it, it really didn't dawn on me till in the last few months, that thought came back to my head. And now, and this is going to sound crazy maybe to some people, but now I believe that was a thought from God or the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit mm-hmm. because it, when it came back into my head, it was like a, I told you that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Like what? Like almost like, and then I was like, oh, I just put myself through all that like yeah. heartache. Sure. That whole process. Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize it at the time. I didn't know at the time. So. Did you have any in this? I'm putting you on the spot here, so I apologize. Sorry. But but I'm I'm curious because, again, you had so much emotion and burning desire to stay in radio. <clears throat> Whereas, again, Jill, I know from back in the day, yeah. was completely content with being a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. Did you have any spite or any kind of vindictive feelings to where like I'm going to show them over at Q104. I'm going to go back with Mike. We're going to get the team together. It's going to be Allie and me and Zeke and Mike, and we're going to kick their tail. And like, so was that part of the emotion when it uh, didn't come to fruition that you felt like disappointed that you didn't get that opportunity? I mean, Yes, that was, that was the thought initially and not like a, I mean, I'm, I'm not a super like, and revenge isn't even the right word. Cause there wasn't revenge to be had. Like there was, because there wasn't this huge, big wrong thing. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like it really was my, my fit there just wasn't fitting anymore mm-hmm. as far as I was concerned. Um, but you still had a bad taste in your mouth, obviously. Yeah, I guess, but it wasn't super like, I don't know. It wasn't like super negative or hateful on, on my part. I was just like, well, that's going to be kind of crazy. Like, Uh you know, um, that's going to be kind of funny. And then like the whole like April 1st thing seemed kind of funny and like, you know, whatever. I just wanted to work for Mike again. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) No, that's fair. That's fair. You know? And so the other stuff was just like, oh, I'm just trying to understand the emotion why you were so heartbroken. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I guess because I thought, I thought it was going to happen and I thought it was so perfect and I thought the timing was perfect. Like, mm-hmm. and then it wasn't, and it felt so out of control because it felt like it was, it was COVID. COVID was ruining everything, <laughs> right? COVID was ruining everything for everybody and. For most. Yeah. 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 Right. Um, and so that felt so like out of everybody's control, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Coming COVID was the reason for my downfall and for the, I mean, if there was no COVID, I'm not doing this podcast. Really? Right. I mean, if I don't, if I don't suffer from depression, I don't suffer from depression if I don't lose a very lucrative six figure income, you know, I mean, that was, that was the big catalyst to all of this falling apart. Now there were other moving factors and things that took place, but COVID had an impact, a direct impact on that, which then me trying to re yeah, me trying to rebound from that. And then, you know, failing and stumbling along the way and feeling like a failure and internalizing all of those emotions. That's where, so anyway, I'm 
getting this is no, that, about me. Yeah. But the no, point is COVID COVID was the reason for all of that. Right. And and so many people were feeling that on so many different levels. Mm-hmm. I mean, lots of people lost their jobs. Yep. I mean, and not even just back in March and April of twenty twenty. Like it lasted for so long. So the unfair of it felt so unfair for so long. That's it. That's it right there. And I was so bitter and angry and my emotions were so all over the place to where um, I was, I didn't realize that I, how do I say this? I I didn't realize that at the time I was kind of, I, I was spending more time and energy pointing fingers at everything that was being done against me or, or, um, you know, not working out my favor and blaming everybody else when I should have been giving God all the glory. Right. I was spending more time in that negative energy instead of putting my time with him. Right. That, and it took me over two years to figure that out. Yeah. Two years. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Anyway. So do you feel like that your faith has gotten any stronger upon all of that heartbreak and everything and that you're closer and yeah, definitely. And you're content, like you're in a good spot now. Like you don't have though that, that heartbreak anymore. You've, you're you're good. Yeah. Yeah. No heartbreak anymore. Good. Um, I, I definitely think my faith grew and some people would be like, Oh, why did your faith grow? If you thought it was meant to be, and you thought it was God putting all those play things into play and, I guess I can't explain that really. I mean, mm-hmm. other than to know that, um, well, it, hel- all- it helped me to know what it helped me to know. Um, I think the more you, the closer you are to God. Okay. The more clearly you understand when something is a yes or something is a no or what you're listening for. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So I thought that all the things were pointing, like I thought me leaving and then Mike coming back into the, like was, that was the thing, but Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't recognize whenever that thought that came in my head before, I didn't recognize that as I'm, a little note from God at the yeah. time, but he brought it back to my, to my mind after the fact to go, if you do rec- I mean, and I mean, whatever, I don't, that, that wasn't how it was supposed to be. I wasn't supposed to recognize that, I guess at the time as being from God, then it was more about the lesson and getting there to now yeah, and going, okay, well, what'd you learn? You got closer to me because, mm-hmm. because everything you thought was going to happen didn't happen and it wasn't really taken away because you didn't really have it in the first place mm-hmm. but what you thought you were going to have you didn't have and so you had to rely on me yeah so this is how it goes but it's good like like yeah. it's a good feeling sure yeah no no definitely Okay. Well, look, where are we at? Know, we're at two thirty. We're at two thirty. We're gonna take. We're gonna take a break. We're gonna take a break here, real quick, and then when we come back. I got an announcement, and I'm excited about this announcement. And part of the reason why Jillian is here for this week's podcast. It's coming up next on the Papa Ron Podcast. 
You're listening to the Papa Ron Podcast. Keep up to date on new podcasts, new discussion topics, and future casts. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Search Papa Ron Podcast and be sure to like and leave a comment. Now, back to the show. Here again is your host, Ronnie Phillips. All right, we're about to wrap up the 18th episode of the Papa Ron Podcast with my guest, Jillian Gregg, old friend of mine for many years, 20 years, as she reminded me, mm-hmm. and um, 10 years together, full-time at Q104. because Crazy, of my huh? time. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to make an announcement here, and um, I'm not really sure how to make this announcement other than um, I am very grateful. I said this in the beginning of the show excuse me, that I um, am so grateful for our friendship and your friendship to me because you are truly a friend that I know that I can talk to about anything, like the deepest and darkest, anything, (laughs) really anything, (laughs) pretty much anything. anything, I'm trying to think if there's something I wouldn't want to tell you, Mm. but no, I'm I'm pretty sure. That's a good podcast topic. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's have a podcast about... um, What we won't talk about. Yeah. And then it's just silent. All right. So here's a list of the things that I've done that I'm not going to talk about on the podcast, but I just told you that I did it. Um, Exactly. So anyway, like, no, but really, like, I feel very comfortable with you. I trust you with everything. And and so I guess the best way to, to start this announcement is, is that when I opened up to you and reached out to you, it was because I was feeling challenged in my faith to start surrounding myself with others who other who others who were walking the walk. Yeah. And I wanted to be able to lean on others. And you're not the only person I've reached out to. I have a neighbor, you know, down the street who yeah. I've done the same thing with. Yeah. And um just somebody that I can lean on in times when I'm feeling lost. Yep. You know, and and know that there's somebody there that's gonna kinda help me through all of that um, based on what scripture says or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And um, started talking about the podcast and you had talked about like wanting to have done a podcast and you considered doing a podcast for many years and um, or last several years. And and yeah, because actually that was what I was going to do leaving radio yeah. like because i didn't i didn't have another job and i was like well i mean podcasting's kind of like radio so i guess yeah. i could do a podcast except as you well know i never did the technical side or very much of the technical side of anything other than just turning on a microphone mm-hmm. and talking when i was supposed to talk and being hilarious no, I'm, kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding about that i'm kidding about that but um, what i really heard from all that is how much you appreciated ronnie <laughs> From oh. back in the day because of all the wise wisdom that he had from the technical side to help you get through. That, no, no that is true. Like Ronnie tried to teach me. Uh, Ronnie did teach me how to like. Uh, voice track, right? Voice track at uh-huh. least twice, if not three yeah. times. Yeah. Because I did it so infrequently that I didn't retain the information because. Out of sight, mm, out of mind. Right. Out of sight, out of mind. And so, yeah. So I, that, that's part of what kept me from, from these almost three years of doing a podcast because I'm like, I don't know how to do it. Like mm-hmm. I can turn a microphone on. Yeah. You know how to talk, but I don't even know where do I put my microphone into the computer and then how do I record <laughs> it and edit it if I want to? Like, and then how do I distribute it? Yeah. yeah. 
all those things I don't know how to do. So, so. I was, you know, like, well, hey, why don't you come be on my podcast? You know, we're talking about faith-based stuff and I'm talking yeah. to you about stuff I'm struggling with and saying, yeah. hey, would it be okay if I reach out to you because I need a friend in these situations? And if yeah. you listen to my first podcast, you know what I've been going through. And of course you were like, absolutely. I'm here for you. We've been friends and, yeah. you know, and I was like, well, you know, Hey, it'd be fun if you came in and, and maybe you just saw what a podcast looks like. And you've seen what a podcast looks like before. Yeah. Uh, I know you've been on other podcasts, but like, come over and do the podcast with me. We'll do yeah. have Tate Stevens. Yeah. We obviously, yeah, it's a like, good fit because yeah. we did country music together and radio. And, and so I knew Tate and it was like, it would be yeah. comfortable and then you can see how it works. And then I can right. show you the equipment and then you can, this yeah. is how simple it was to Ronnie. He's like, I'll just, you can just watch and then I'll show you, tell you what equipment I have and you can just order it. Right. That's what I thought. I and really I thought, like, in fact, I actually reached out to you then like, a few days later, a week later. <laughs> yes. And I was like, so here's what you need to get. You need to yeah. go do this. Just go do it. Go buy it now. Just go right. buy it. And then just, right. you know, and watch then, some YouTube videos. It's easy. It'll show you how to hook all the stuff up. Yeah. And then a few days later, he's like, so did you buy it? <laughs> and you ignored and I was, me. I, <laughs> you ignored it. You did not reply. I did, you know what? I didn't even open because That's I was true. like, he's that going to see that I opened it and he'll know <laughs> you were that playing I'm... these psychological games with me. You were I like, wasn't oh, playing games with you. I was just but, not being, I wasn't wanting to be. I know what he's saying you. to me right now. He's being that friend, a friend of accountability who's trying yes. to lift me up and I don't want it right now. I'm not going to listen to it. And if I open it, he's going to see my yeah. picture in that little oval yep. in the bottom right hand corner. And, and then I'm going to have to answer him. And, right. and you didn't want to answer it. I didn't want to answer it because yeah. Okay, I was well, scared. I appreciate the honesty. So, so anyway, then I followed up again, but I didn't, it wasn't about that. It was about, you know, something else more faith-based and kind of an experience that I had recently. Um, and so, look, well, I'll just cut to the chase. Jillian is not ready to go out on her own and do a podcast. <laughs> because I don't know how. She does not and ready to do, she's not ready to fly solo yet. She's I'm She afraid. needs some more lessons. She needs to be with that flight instructor that's going to take her for a few more hours up in the sky to do a few more maneuvers <laughs> before she flies the plane all by herself. Uh, so the announcement is, I am excited that I have asked Jill and she's graciously, graciously accepted to be a co-host moving forward of the Papa Ron podcast. How about that? I love it. I'm so, I'm so excited. excited. About so that. it's uh, it's awesome for me because it's um, hmm. a friend now that I get to see at least once a week. Right. Who, um, you know, is someone who I again love and trust and and can you know have conversation with outside of just doing the <laughs> podcast, um, whether times are good or bad. Yeah. And it's also an opportunity for us to apply our strengths. You know, you're really good with the networking and you're good with the, you know, lining up the different guests and diving into people's stories and understanding people. And I am so busy with what I've got going on that I can hardly keep up with putting the content out there on social media, let alone, right. you know, find these guests. Right. And so we're going to take our strengths from our days of working together. And we know what makes us, she's better on that side. I'm better over here in the technical side and we're yeah. going to come, Put those strengths together to hopefully make a podcast that will be very compelling and and probably the most important word is authentic. That has always been my goal with this show is that if it isn't authentic, then it's not going to be fun for me to do it. Right. So. And there you go. There you and go. I don't know when that first crossed your mind. Um, 
it didn't it didn't cross my mind i mean it didn't cross my mind until you said it but i do know that he told really? me he, he no okay he he told me about a potential guest <laughs> that he had coming up and i was like <gasps> Oh, oh my yeah. gosh, I'm so Which we jealous. can't announce. No, we I can't know, announce I know, I know. Yeah. I said, I'm so jealous and I'm like fangirling over here. And I actually like, this is why, this is why I also think this is a, I mean, everything's a God thing, right? Because mm-hmm. God's in everything. But that's why I was like, this is a God thing. Because this person, I had actually thought about reaching out to this same person mm-hmm. regarding podcasting in general. Okay. So on September 13th, I reached out to you to let you know that this person that we respect a lot is agreed <laughs> to come do the podcast with me. And then that you you've s- met. Have you met? I've never met. I've hunted with him. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I hunted with him last year. There's a okay. picture of us pulling a doe out of the field together. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're bros. Um, anyway, so, um, Anyway, so you read the message and you're basically just saying that you're fangirling and you're proud of me <laughs> and that I'm actually doing this and that you've wanted to do it, um, blah, 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 blah. And then you follow up with, I appreciate the encouragement, but I'm terrified and this and that and another. Right. And then I was like, hey, why don't you come in and join me again like you for did with podcast, Tate yeah. for that podcast? And then and so- I was like, what am I going to wear? Oh, my God. <laughs> I know, it's so I'm weird. trying to see what, like, if there was like, okay, so there's not a lot of time here. So I sent that message at around 935 in the evening mm-hmm. that says, um, why don't you join me to be a guest or a co-host with that guest? With that guest. And then at 958, <laughs> so like nearly 30 minutes later, yeah. 25 minutes later, I said, you know, maybe we need to get together and have a conversation about doing this together regularly. Mm-hmm. I think that we, if we combine our strengths, maybe this could be something great for both of us. I don't right. know. I'm just thinking out loud, chew on it. All right. And so we choo-chewed on <laughs> it. And, and after a conversation yesterday, while I was in line with Reagan, or in line to pick up Reagan from school, I was like, I'd really like to do this. You know, do you have any thoughts, concerns, whatever? And we, all, we got that all out in the open, and, um, and I'm thrilled to death. Me too. I, I'm excited I'm for too. what you could bring to what is a very, um, I, I, I think it's, I, I'm proud of it. I'm, I, I, I hesitated there only because I didn't want to sound arrogant, but I'm proud of what I've been able to accomplish with this podcast yeah. being as early as it is yeah. in this venture. Um, it doesn't mean that I've accomplished a lot. That's where I was hesitating, but the recognition that I've been getting is because it has had impact on people's lives. And that's what I'm most proud of. I don't need notoriety. I don't need to be put up on a pedestal or anything, but because I have approached this about with the idea of making it a humanity podcast and the idea of talking about real life stuff that could potentially be relative or relatable to others. Yeah. Um, and being it PTSD, mental health and all of the other stuff, <clears throat> I've realized that it has had a tremendous impact. And I don't even care about the money that could potentially be made with this. I care about the way it makes other people feel. Right. And so knowing who you are and what you're about mm-hmm. and how that, how well that aligns with what I'm trying to achieve here. I think yeah. that the, the possibilities are it's right up my alley. It is. It is. So same alley. Okay. That's the announcement. And I am so grateful to have you here. Thank you for Thank sharing you. your story. I'm and so excited. it's good to talk about all of this. And so 
we'll uh, start getting to work on what we're going to do here in the future of the Papa Ron podcast. So thank you for listening or watching. Again, you can watch this podcast on Spotify or the Papa Ron podcast YouTube channel. You can also listen to it on Apple, Amazon, uh, Google, and CastBox. Thanks to Rich Donovan, Rick Hunter for helping with the production elements. And of course, thanks always to my boys over at Marathon Media Management for helping inspire me to do this podcast in the first place. That's episode 18 with Jillian Gray. Enjoy the show? Hit subscribe now and tell your friends on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, and other social platforms. To participate on the show, leave a message with your comments or questions by calling or texting 816-558-6389. That's 816-558-6389. Until next time, thanks for listening to the Papa Ron Podcast. Papa Ron Podcast.